really? Thanks for the teammates. Of course. Yeah. Welcome. This is going to be, thanks for the whiskey. This is going to be a unique episode. Hopefully not unique. The first of what hopefully becomes like a recurring format, you know? But uh, this will be experimental. We've got Q and Philip, who have both been on the show before. Welcome back. Mm. Thank you. Thanks Q for having Philip. us. Yeah, absolutely. I have been watching, uh, pardon me, I've been watching this this beautiful beast that you gave birth to. It is a beast. Um, and I, I remember listening to Julian's podcast and being like, what the, I got to get in there. And then Q dropped. I was like, mm, 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 mm. absolutely. You know, Emily was in there. I, I just, this is an incredible gift that you're given. I knew I had to get all of the hosts like as soon as possible. And then Ricardo left. Like I was trying to get all the hosts and then he left for the Dominican Republic. And I was like, damn it. But I got him. I got him eventually. Mm. <laughs> but this is going to be a conversation through poetry and explanations of poetry and the theme, I think Q, you were the one in our text chain who suggested the theme was poetry as, as a form of healing or healing through poetry. Yes. What, why did that theme come to mind for you? Uh, that's what it was to me. I, I'm sitting here because um, all the carnage that I went through growing up in Gary, Indiana. So I first started writing, seeing friends of mine get killed and uh, I was writing poems to make their moms feel better. Didn't know that it would turn into this long career that it's turned into, mm. but it was always a way of healing myself and trying to help heal those other, uh, those mothers and those girlfriends and those siblings who had lost family members. So I've always used it as a tool to heal. It's that's, always been my personal therapist. If that's not a metaphor for poetry itself, starting like starting with that as your kind of inspiration, that tragedy as your inspiration, and yet that became every poem you've ever written eventually. Right. That's a that's a cool metaphor for poetry. And there's something else he said too that really stuck in my craw and that poetry as a career. Mm. Uh, there has not been enough people who could say, uh, I'm, I have poetry as a vocation. Yeah. And I'm curious what, what damage that created the poetry in your life, Mitch, that drove you to be highlighting poetry as an art form. Because, you know, poetry is like the redheaded stepchild of the art world. Yeah. Everybody beats up on poetry. Yeah. Nobody likes poetry. And if there's ever an art form to get thrown under the bus, it's poetry. So why are we here? It's because we motherfuckers like to get under the bus. Yeah. It's because we found the actual poetry. Like <laughs> I'll be, I'll be the first to say there's some poetry out there that just makes me want to cringe and roll my eyes, you know? Yeah, you ever write any poems like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Are you kidding me? Mm. And I've posted, if people want to go digging, <laughs> the light is on dot blog. I started posting poetry when I basically started writing poetry or like when I started writing it and thought that it was good. I don't know. But I, I've been posting poetry for years online. So if people want to go read poems from like eight years ago, you me. just you just identified it right Yikes. there. That moment where you thought it was good enough to share, that's poetry. Like if anyone's out there wondering whether or not this is a poem, if you feel it's worth sharing and you get to share it with somebody and it, they were like, oh man, that, I get what you said. Yeah. So it's like a poem. Man, this is a shitty piece of writing. Still a, a poem. Yes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Absolutely. When was that for you? That that when moment when that? you said, this um, is a good poem. When I had a that? friend who was also writing and we kind of like ch challenged each other. When was that? Uh, you know what? I can actually look at the mm. website and see when the first I thing it. I posted was. So, And while you're doing that, tell us how you came up with this name. What? The poem? The light is on. Oh, the, oh. 
Uh, I think I took it from a line that I'd written in a poem. I'm pretty sure. Uh, that's as much as I can remember, honestly. I don't know, but uh, I'll be honest. Poetry, I don't. Poetry is not my uh, my first love with writing. Oh, poetry is uh, easier to write than books. <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. And but I'm trying to write books. <laughs> and have you written a book? Yes. And well, I've. It's in in that there. I have a book that is beginning to end. A story completed, mm -hmm. but I'm still editing. I'm still working on it. But yeah. So you saying book writing was your first love? Well, it was your, it was before poetry was a love. It was, it was what novels? I found myself drawn to. Mm -hmm. And then I, and then I sort of realized that getting people to read a book is incredibly difficult, mm. but getting people to read a poem is slightly, slightly less difficult. Why is that? Goodness gracious. We, 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 people hate on poetry and yet it is so much easier to digest to the masses you can give someone a poem with a haiku form is designed to deliver a complete story and you can deliver it in 10 seconds, but to get somebody to read a book, like it takes investment of time, energy. Yeah. It's like, uh, I mean, it's like picking something to read on Netflix or to watch on Netflix. I don't know what's good. I'm not just going to put something random on mm -hmm. and expect myself to commit to something that could be 10 hours. Mm hmm. That's that I don't that I don't know is good. It's the same thing, maybe even more so with books. Is that why we all like poetry? Is because we have short attention spans? I don't know. What <laughs> do you think? <laughs> I would like to chime in on it if I can. Please. So I'm a little older, obviously, but in my in the time, let me say when I was your age, Mitch, books were the thing. Mm. I think my first book came out probably a few years. What are you now? What are you? 20? Twenty. I'm 27 in November. Okay, my first book came out in in I was 30. I think I just dropped my first book when I was 30. And books were like, I guess for us in the black community, because reading was outlawed mm. as slaves, that books were like more important. I had more trouble getting people to understand poetry to me than writing a book. Really? Why I did a book first because people wanted to read my poems as opposed to coming out hearing. And so you did read. a book of your poems. Right. And but because were, it was in a book form. They wanted to read it. They wanted to read it because reading is a big thing in the black community because we weren't allowed to read. So reading is like the first thing they tell you. It's almost like when a baby can walk, give them a book. So we need to outlaw poetry and that will drive the masses to it. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> if we tell the world Honestly, that you can't actually read poems anymore. They're I just mean, too short. They don't mean anything. They're not worth your time. If we can just convince you know, the general populace... The, the feeling is that poetry is not only shit, because they already think that, but but also you can't. It's not accessible. Yeah. Suddenly we'll have a wave. I mean, we'll have speakeasies again. Were you? Oh, this reminds me of something. Okay. Did you know about the poetry brothel? No. I had a conversation with a, a woman a few months ago who said that in some bigger cities, apparently Denver isn't big enough. They do this thing where you go to the poetry brothel and you're, you buy a certain amount of a token, whatever it is. There's a menu of different people there who you can then purchase private poetry time with. And they will read you whatever you'd like. They might have a menu of different poems. They may say, what would you, I, I can read one of your poems to you. But on demand for a set amount of time in like a speakeasy situation where you both go over onto the couch and someone gets serenaded with a poem or they say, or actually I want you on the mic for everyone to listen to, but it's that kind of like, I bought you for this poem feel. Mm. And it 
adds that kind of, I, I don't know, I've never been, but I mm. was dreaming about doing this someday and thinking- they jerk you off the end or uh, You know, it's a mental <laughs> finish. <laughs> Look me right in the eyes. <laughs> that does sound really cool. That so, sounds really yeah, cool. Poetry brothel. And and I think why it's it's so elusive, or not elusive, alluring, is because it pushes that into that kind of risque place where I'm doing something that isn't normal. I'm paying yeah. for poetry. Yeah. Why couldn't that? I mean, Denver has more of a poetry I crowd should, than any other city I've lived in. Let's just do a poetry brothel. All right. I'm sure the licensing is a nightmare, but we'll figure it out. Ah, well, you know, I think to get around that by you just you go and you buy the the the, the coins or the, uh, the credit. I see. Yeah. Anyway, I'm still curious about this first poem that you mm. wrote. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. log in. I couldn't figure it out. Uh, you don't remember it all. My like, passwords are all like random numbers long, and letters. Would you say it was in high school? Was, how, how long no, it was say college. It was, it was, it was college. okay. It must have been. It must have been twenty end of 2017, beginning of 2018, I think, is when I started. I think that's when I started posting stuff online. And I mean, it's a recurring pattern. I'll, I'll write like a, like a bulk of poems and really think they're good and I'll put them out and whatever. I'll start sharing them and then I'll write more and like I'll come back a year or two later and read that old stuff and it's just garbage. No, it's, it's not. Just, it's no, just, it's not. Oh, it just, I just can't look at it anymore. Pearls hiding in garbage. Yeah. Oh, so you, you mean like I should, I should polish them up again. I bet that if you got back to the place mentally that you were at when you wrote them, you'd be able to see yeah. them in the way that you meant then yeah. and then be able to polish them to the words that you think are better now. That is, that definitely... Ha is probably true because I can't count the number of times I've read something that is in my folders. So obviously I wrote it, <laughs> but I have no, like zero, not even a shred of recollection of like what I was thinking or why I wrote it or even writing it. Like I have that, no idea where it came from. That is the most fertile ground mm. that you could ever be inspired by. Yeah. I want to bust out a poem today. Dig out one of those guys. But I want to, you know, talking about your poems, Mitch, I was, I want to ask you, I've listened, and I, if I had to, to to grade or not grade, but to to categorize some theme or or a thread in your poems, I always feel as if there is this removedness, as if you are out here really sizing up the world, mm. looking at it from a very detached place, mm. and. I'm curious mm. if that's true. That's been my perception up to now. And, and you know, even as far as, even as recent as the last performance where I've seen you on stage, I feel and sense this Mitch sizing up the world. Is that a sense you get? Interesting that you asked me that question because I was going to ask you, do you remember what I told you when I first heard you read? Walden's Palm or Walden's Pond. Walden's me. Pond. I still feel that way. Uh -huh. And he was, I mean, talk about detached from the world. <laughs> <laughs> so you take me back to that. Every time I'm, I'm in the bathroom and I look at that book mm -hmm. on the windowsill, mm -hmm. I still think, I said, that's Mitch. That's Mitch. Yeah. I still think about that. So, so I'm curious to know, Leanne, when you say garbage, like what does that really mean? Because it I just means that I. Do you think that you're better than I've that now? Better. Is that, I've okay. gotten better. So, it, I feel like every poem I write is so close to the best poem I've ever written. So, don't you feel that that process was necessary? Yes. That you had to go oh, through that? Oh, yes. 100%. Like, I'm glad I wrote all that <laughs> and, stuff. Have you ever retired a poem? Let me ask you that. Ooh. And what um, is that? Because I want to know what does that mean? What does that mean to retire a poem? Well, I, I had. 
I don't know, really. I've heard people say that. I heard it too. That's what I was uh, I've said it. Yeah, I think yeah, he retired it. the first poem he ever writ because we didn't get that. He's password problem. Actually, I do remember the first thing I wrote, <laughs> the first thing I actually posted on the website was not a poem. It uh-huh. was a short story that actually morphed and warped and became the book I wrote. Huh. So, yeah. So you, you can go it? read it. It's changed uh, a lot. Um, yeah. But uh, but anyway, um, are you what book? were you asking me? I forgot. Have you retired a poem? Have I retired? Like, I consciously I, retired a poem. Like said, I'm not going to read this anymore. I'm tired. There was of one it. I wrote about uh, not like leaving the Mormon church, but just like <sighs> reflecting on what the Mormon church had done to me. Mm. And I, I had decided that I was done with it. But then another poet at the Merck read one uh-huh. in a similar vein a, uh-huh. a few weeks ago. And I was like, I should read it. So, so I brought it back out and read it that night. But like, yeah. uh, what the hell? I got to ask. Have you ever retired a poem? That's a good Never. question. And what is the re- re- criteria for ever ret- retiring? Because I'm immediately like the idea of retiring a, pos- uh, a poem is repulsive to me. The mm-hmm. answer is no. I never have and I never will. <laughs> and I don't like when I hear poets say I retired a poem. Is that like saying, you know... Uh, this poem is too good for the world. I've given it 50 times. I'm not going to give it a 51st time because it's kind of what they sound like. That's some bullshit. You know what yes. it was yes. too proud to share my poem <laughs> right. for me. The, the, the one that I, I guess it's not retired anymore. Cause I read it again, but I had read it like, like two or three weeks in a row. And I was just like, okay, I'm done with this. That's like, a, okay. Like, so I'm, I'm done like, with I'm it. I'm kind of tired own, of it. I'm tired of it. Yeah. It means like, I'm not going to read it. Cause I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah. Is that a reason to retire a poem? I don't think so. I don't think and there's it, ever a reason. I'm not saying that your reason no, wasn't valid. and it's not retired, I was apparently. Say you can suss it back whenever you want. But yeah. I, will, I will say this, though. What Mitch just said is a key thing. That's why I always make myself, make sure that I don't ever read the same poem back to back. I have so much that I stretch them out. Mm. I yeah, stretch yeah. them out. That's valid. So I, won't, I don't think I will ever get tired of it, but I don't want the audience to get tired of it. Because mm-hmm. that's, what, that's what it's for. I agree that if, if it's not for them, then we'll just stay at home. Yeah. We'll read the shit in the mirror. Yeah. I want to share, you know, but we I wouldn't go out and share it. But yeah. so to me, to retire, that's when, when you said it's repulsive, that's what it, like, oh, so you're telling us, fuck us. We don't, we don't count anymore. Mm-hmm. No matter how much we like that poem, you decide on your own, you want to retire. Mm-hmm. And now we don't get to hear it. Again. And now I'm thinking. To me, that's, that's, that's kind of arrogant and egotistical. How, how many so. poets have we heard at the Merck who have only ever done this one poem and we're hearing it again for the 50th time. And we've had that secret thought. I wish they were. <laughs> like, is that the only criteria when the crowd is tired of your shit? Then it should be retired. Well, I never said that either. Man. If I get to that point, I just get up and I walk away. I say, yeah. fuck the crowd. Vote with your feet. <laughs> okay, we have talked a lot, and nobody's read a poem yet. It's true. Who wants You're to right. read the first poem? You should, you should probably do be the one. To I should read one. Yes, I mean, I want to. I want you to go back as far as you can go. Ooh. In terms of like the oldest, the oldest, the the oldest poem, furthest back you can go. Okay. I want to hear that old, old Mitch before we knew Mitch. Oh God shit! Damn. Give me a second. Before this is, the Mercury um, Mitch. I want to know how far back can Mitch go? Uh, okay, so the earliest I have on Google Drive is January 2019. All right, well, it's definitely I, before I we can, met you. I so can take four years. Let's, let's do that. This was before I moved to Denver. Okay, well, that's, that's definitely just <laughs> okay. <laughs> What was this? You know what this was? Oh, this was, okay. So my my friend and I that I mentioned earlier, we had challenged each other, I think to write a poem a day for this year. And I don't think it, I don't think I wrote a poem a day, but this is the day I wrote on January 1st. Oh God, I'm cringing. Okay. Uh, I guess I called this beginning, which is original. Nice. <laughs> I'm supposed to write a poem about beginnings and I can't think of how to start it. Irony is not dead. 
Endings are easy. Simply keep going until you come to a point where things seem all right, where a quiet place waits, somewhere to put down what you've carried and rest, or stay. The road might continue on, stretching far and hidden into mists that wait to become dewdrops on your skin, but not all roads must be traveled. Start. Do not stop. You'll know the end as hollow happiness at an unmarked spot somewhere by the roadside. That's not bad, actually. That was, <laughs> that was pretty fucking good. That's not bad, that actually. Yeah. I saw it. I saw the visual of it. Uh, I saw the road. You know what I mean? Yeah. I saw it. I saw yeah. that destination that you were speaking of. There are some I saw visuals. It. It was very visual. <laughs> there are some images that come to me again and again just because they're so easy to visualize. Mm-hmm. Roadsides and like roads through like roads through valleys. It's so easy for me to visualize in my head that mm-hmm. I come back to that again and again. Deserts. So easy to visualize like a desert surrounding you, you know? And come back to that again. A lot and of again. perspective in roads and deserts. Yeah. A lot of yeah. watching stuff. 2019. Uh, I, I, you said cringe, and I'd love to get your own. If you could identify three things in this poem that you think are cringeworthy. Because so, I would like to know what what's cringe for Mitch. I didn't actually cringe while I was reading it. As I read it, I was like, okay, this is fine. But it was just like the, memory the thought of, of as I was opening it up, uh-huh. the thought of like, oh God, what is this going to be? Ah, oh, yeah, yes, yes. yes. But, but you revealed to yourself gem i guess so uh i heard you and this is what i saw i i heard i saw like a every person ever who's written a message to themselves in the future mm. like i know i'm not strong right now but if i could just get this or, or maybe better yet if i was able to go in the past and write myself a letter mm. and receive it right now that would be the letter that you wrote yourself a year ago mm. like do not stop yeah and I know I've written it. I'm sure he's written it. I'm sure everybody who's ever written was has started that letter to themselves. Yeah. Was like, hey, I should make sure that I'm encouraging myself in the right ways because I, I I I know I can get there if I could just believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And it uh I don't know. At this point I'm not gonna stop. We're just gonna keep going. This forces a question for me though. When you just the fact that you mentioned cringe, um, it makes me think, it forced me to ask a question for you. How often do you look at your old poems? Almost never. That's what I was thinking. I'll I go said, you don't maybe, go back and- maybe every now and then I'll go like six to eight months back. Because you don't seem like you knew what was going to happen when you opened no, that. No, I had head. no idea. You I had do. No idea. That's one that I, now that I've read it, I can kind of remember like starting that, that challenge and like being like, okay, what do I write? Beginning, whatever. I kind of remember that mindset. Um, that's not one that I have like no memory of writing, but I'm sure there are some in there that that you have no memory. No of. memory whatsoever. Same question for you. How, how often do you go back and look at your old poems? Not old old shit. This is as far there, back as you can go. Like I just did. As yeah. far back as you can go. How ba- how far back did you go? Well, uh, like Mitch, I utilize Google Docs, and there's a there's one doc for all my poems, and I will go in there whenever I'm trying to create a set and sometimes I'll scroll all the way to the bottom sometimes I'll only scroll the half mm-hmm. and that process will will bring up things that I hadn't seen in a while because it's a long document <laughs> and it, I'll see them and be like oh this needs to have some more this needs to see the light of day again I haven't, I haven't read this in a while and oftentimes mm-hmm. then it gets polished just coming back out into the light 
So to answer the question for you is you go back when you need to go back to do a set for something. You don't just go back and visit them on a regular basis or anything. Oh, well, you know what? So that's my I, question. Yeah, I, th- I think that 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 scratches that itch for me. You know, I I think that uh, and in that vein, in that in that moment where I'm preparing, whether that set's going to be a week from now or tonight, because both happen, uh, I will oftentimes be looking in and I'll have that cringe moment, right? That that you were talking about us you were feeling just a second ago, mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily because I don't know what's there, but how will this go over now? Mm. And, and I was thinking about this in your poem, Mitch, that uh, there, the perspective is what, or the, the context is always what seems to allow us to understand our own poetry. Cause we know all the context, right? And it's that fight as to whether or not the reader or the listener is going to get all the context that they need to be able to get your poem. And that's the cringe, right? Like, Will they, do they have enough on board? Do they, do they believe the same things that I do? Do they understand that the word blue means blue and not red? You know, do they, will they forgive me for putting I too many times in this poem, Mm. which is what I always see in my poems. Like, oh, there's Mm. me again. There's an I, I'm Mm. talking on the fucking pulpit right now. And I need to scrub that shit out. Interesting. Yeah, but you have a five minute set, four minutes now, generally, but (laughs) you have four minutes to be on the pulpit. That's your... Well, yeah, that's so, your prerogative, yeah, isn't it? And that's it's implied. And this is mm. this is the thing that I I always am battling against with every poem that I read or write, is the eyes implied. We're all here because we know we're talking about somebody. So let's mm. let's let's quit wasting time identifying, mm. and let let the listener use their own con- uh, uh, context, and they're going to get beautiful things out of it. Yeah. Well, I answer the question for myself. Tell us. Yeah, what, how often do you go back? All the time. Call me a boring nerd if you <laughs> want to, but because I don't have anything on docs, I don't. I guess that's the difference. The dis, I don't have anything on on computer. Everything's, it's on paper. Everything's in my journal. All I got twenty, you know, thirty eight journals at home, and I'm going through them all the time, trying to figure out. I think I'm gonna read that one tonight. I haven't read that one ever here, so I'm always going because I have to go through them to figure that out. And Which I've seen this. I've seen you bring different journals mm. all the time. I and I got to ask you. Seven in my bag right now. <laughs> so. so when you write, how often does the poem you wrote today be delivered the same way a year from now? And is it always the same way it was when it was written? It's a two-part question, right? Yeah, so yeah. Give well, me the first part of it if again. You're, if you're reading out of the same journal every time. Mm-hmm. Did you go in and fix that journal when you just like this line needs to be here and this? I refuse to believe that you were editing your own journal that way, and so you probably have the ideas, the thoughts in your journal the way you wanted them originally, right? And you adhere to that, mm-hmm. and so you bust out your journal and this word and this word and this word and delivered in this way and this way and this way, all the way back to the time you crafted it. In the beginning, I say I probably did it like that, but. Because now I love the art of improving. I improv a lot. When I when I don't have them memorized, I will look at the uh, journal and I will improv lines to add to something that might make it more applicable to the uh, condition that we're living in today. Mm-hmm. I will do that. You know, they that. call that jazz. I bet. Yeah, he wants to hear you. They call that improv when you have all of the notes and the melodies locked in and then you riff a different direction. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, so I do do that. I, I will do that. Um, my bad, Mitch. No, um, no worries. Sometimes I just realized I, you were a little quiet and I was like, oh, the mic. Because sometimes I be better. talk so loud that I feel like uh, 
And I guess you know how to fix all that. Yeah, so I forgot that I'm with, dealing with a real engineer ah. instead of <laughs> dealing with a closet and a hanger and uh, pantyhose. Well, hell yeah. So. Well, before we get too far away from it, let's identify the healing in that poem, Mitch. Ooh, the healing in that poem. That's that's our our, our theme, right? So yeah, <laughs> is the is the healing in this poem the 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 current speaker speaking to themselves of better days? Encouragement? Is hmm. this a self-reflexive poem, Mitch? Well, it, the healing might be not hating it. <laughs> the fact that I read it because I haven't read this trust in yourself. Years. I have not read this trust in years. yourself. And have you read ever it read it out loud it. at the Mercury before? Have you I've, ever, oh you've God, no. There's no way. Is this something that you would be willing to read at the Mercury? I think um, we, should, we need to hear this shit probably, tonight. Probably. I, I but I brought some new shit this week. I got to read the new oh, shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Mm. All right. Well, is it something you think you would ever read on a, on a, on a Friday night or um, uh, any night? Yeah. I mean, sure. It's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm re-listening to uh, the Lord of the Rings audiobooks right now. And it kind of gives me that vibe. You know, it's a road where uh, the road goes ever on and on. It's like the line from that book. Um, you know, just thinking about that as as kind of a... Maybe like an, this would be like an intro piece. This would be like a piece I did before some like heavy shit, you know? Mm. It's a little more, this is more, a little more simple, you know? Finding, go down the road until you find happiness and then stay there. Like that's pretty simple, you know? Sometimes I like to get. But it's very poetic. It is. It's very poetic. It is. It's extremely poetic. I got, I got to write that <laughs> Cheers, down. Though. Thank you. What you just said though. What? Go down the road. Find happiness and stay there. Find happiness. Well, while stay Philip there. is typing that, I want to ask you a very Serious question. Okay. Shoot. Thepoets.co. Yeah. Why? Okay. 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 Twice in my life. And not just why, but when, like, and okay. and, and where. Okay. Yeah. I can answer all that. Twice in my life, I have, as I was waking up, had like an idea fully formed, just like pop into my mind. The first was pretty silly. We had had, we lived in an apartment with a fireplace in Seattle and my friend had a birthday party in November and we opened up the fireplace and like had a fire in our place for the first, the only time we ever did while we were living there. And we forgot to close the flue, but we didn't realize we forgot to close the flue. So for months after our place was freezing, it was dead of winter in Seattle. For months we were wearing fucking coats inside and we couldn't figure out why our place was so goddamn cold. And then in the middle of January, I just like woke up and in out of nowhere, out of that like sleep thought, I was like, the flu's not closed. And I walked downstairs and reached in and closed it and instantly felt like the place warming up mm -hmm. around me. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, guys, I fixed it. But the second time that I've had an idea come to me like that was the poets. I woke up here in bed and just as I was waking up, I was like, I should, I should record people and call it the poets. It just like popped into my head. And uh, that day, that day I bought the website uh, but there was weird shit with like the domain. I had to wait a certain number of days to like put it where I wanted it to be. So that was in like March, May, maybe April, something like that. And so as soon as the two months was up that I had to wait, I like started recording with people. But that whole time I was telling people like, hey, I'm going to record people. So yeah, I don't know. And to answer the why part. So why did you want to do this? Why? I mean, because I was hearing people at the Merck and at Green Spaces and at the Corner Beat and at Stan's RPO Gallery every third Wednesday. Like I was hearing people at these open mics and 
everyone else needed to hear it. In my, in my opinion, I was like, we talked about people hate poetry. Mm -hmm. That's because people don't know Mm -hmm. poetry, you know, poetry can be a lot of things. It can be pretty shitty. It It can can be be pretty like flippant. Yeah. Or it can be. Pull the snootiness out of it and suddenly you got a gem. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the kind of poetry that I wanted to capture. Gotcha. And I feel like I have. You have. And, and that's have. thanks to that's thanks to the poets. Honestly, I keep saying this. Like every time somebody comes and sits and starts to talk and I'm listening to it, I'm like, man, thank you for even being yeah, here. Yeah, it's know? it's not the bricks that make the wall, it's the mortar. Mm. Mitch. So thank you for doing this. Well, cheers. Yes, yes. So thank you. Because you 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 open up the door. You provided the platform. I appreciate that. One of you needs to read a poem. This is All crazy. Right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was uh I was telling Q about this before we got started. I was asking him about this performance that I did uh, recently at uh, the beat and this poem. I, I'll go ahead and mortalize it right here and now, but I'll give a preamble. <laughs> uh, I, was, uh, I was with a lover who uh, me, met me with a, a frown. And she said, uh, I'm on my period. And I, um, I refused to let her be disappointed by it. Mm. Whereas so many people might feel some kind of apprehension or revulsion. Um, no, I, I said, yes, that's great. And uh, the reason brought me back to this poem that I wrote a long time ago. Oh, shit. <clears throat> In the canopy of the shedding womb, joy of shared waiting, Does she know how tuned I become? Does the drip of copper, does the cotton shrapnel, do they know how envious I am of their purpose? There are some stains that walk with us, that we don't scrub as hard, that we keep and bear to the blood moon, to the sea floor, to the tended flame. There are some stains that are stronger than the skin underneath. Wow. Did you pull that specifically for healing as the, uh, like for the theme or did you pull that because you found it and it, and it was relevant because there was a lot of healing. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely is, is a poem for healing for me. Um, and I, and I also, it's a, it's a poem I'm scared of because, uh, it speaks from a very masculine place Mm. that is in a, in a, ignorance and awe. And I felt that that was something incredibly hard to try to convey. Mm. Uh, there are, there just, there seems to be so little language for men to speak diminutive, uh, not diminutively, uh, demurely about, Demure. about looking up to women mm-hmm. and being an awe of the womb. Yeah, without coming off as a simp or something like that. Or or, or even placating. Yeah. Or, or you yeah. know, something that, and, and so I tried so hard to grasp on and it, it tried to admit in this poem that I don't know yeah. what it's like to have a period. Yeah. And I never will. And I can't. Like I can't. But that means that I get this other position of awe. Yeah. And and trying to create healing for that. What did you get in that poem? What did you feel from that poem? 
I felt I you weren't you weren't talking about scars specifically, but it was sort of like in my mind I was I was sort of equating what you were saying to like scars. Mm-hmm. And uh and like I mean, I guess scars in and of themselves are if we want to talk about how they relate to healing, it's like imperfect healing, you know? Or maybe maybe it is perfect healing, but perfect healing isn't full restoration, you know? It's you're better, you're okay, but there's a mark left mm. behind. There's something you can never go back to the way it was before. Yeah. It has to be repaired so the skin works. Yeah. But you can still see a scar and it's thicker there. So if you were to cut it there again, would it hurt less or I don't know? Probably. I don't Q, know. What you got? What's on your mind? I'm glad you asked me. Let me tell you what I thought, what I got from it. I got a little bit of empathy uh, for the woman and what she was going through, uh-huh. but also got a little bit of this uh, disappointment that mm. you couldn't be intimate. Well, well, no, no. <laughs> uh, I, I got a little bit of that. See, now I have to admit that personally, that's not a deterrent for me. It's not a... Right. Okay. Maybe, so, maybe not. But but it is. Snaps for that. But because they probably didn't want you to be. Yeah. That's what I got. That's when what I'm saying. When that's it's a deterrent for them, when yes. they're like, I don't feel clean. Right. Right. I can't be like, well, no, you should feel clean because I want it, honey. No, like, there's no way I'm going to make that argument. Right. And I and I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So there is a little bit of disappointment in that. That's what I hear. Yeah. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. That's what, that's what I heard. So. <laughs> mm. Disappointment. Well, and it's the strange, like, who who really try to be disappointed that you were going to have sex and then didn't? Like, try to be, try to really be disappointed about that. And you'll see how many times in your life you just couldn't have sex. Mm -hmm. It wasn't an option. There wasn't anyone around. And to be given that option is a victory all on itself. <laughs> Someone thinks you're worth having sex with, but can't. That is pretty special all on its own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Q, you're up. Well, Mitch is quick on the draw, isn't he? Today? Well, I saw he you, saw you with the books I out. I saw you getting ready. And, I, and, I, and just so that for those people who cannot see, this is a journal. And I see uh, like maybe one or two scribbles. But other than that, it looks like. This is the way he meant it. Whether or not we'll be able to tell if he's just riffing on his side, we will never know. <laughs> and we're still dealing with healing, I guess, right? Okay, so I'm going to kind of go with that theme a little bit. This is pretty new, one of my newer pieces, I guess. So. The black woman should be, has to be protected, respected. Because her history in this country has been the opposite. Malcolm said it in the 60s that the black woman is the most disrespected person in this country. Today in America, not much has changed. But moving forward, if we as a people are going to advance, it won't be without the black woman. Being given her due respect and protection, she has to feel safe to do what's necessary to rebuild this race. Some of them know, and the ones who don't need to tell them that divide and conquer is the oldest plan known to man. United we stand, divided we fall. Let us stand tall together, shoulder to shoulder. If I fall, you fall. But if you fall, I will sacrifice every breath I have to get you back on your feet. Even if that means sacrifice my own life, run into a burning building to retrieve you, 
push you out of the way of speeding traffic, remove you from danger when things get tragic, show my complete devotion to you like I was under a spell. It is a spell. Black woman magic, which is always a good thing. Because if loving the black woman is wrong, God damn it, I don't want to be right. I have to ask, did you riff, you said black woman magic. Did you riff black magic woman on purpose? Like was that, was that like a purposeful like switch around? Because I don't know, there's a, I might cut this out, but there's a song, black magic woman. And then you said black woman magic. And it instantly was like, oh, is he like. Who was the song? No. Uh, Santana. Oh, I'm familiar with the song. No, I am. And I'm, I love Santana, but I wasn't thinking at that moment. Interesting. No, anyway, never. Wow. Mind. And I love black. I love Santana. I heard I it too, Mitch. Santana. I heard it too. You heard it too. <laughs> but Black Woman Magic—that's a whole other. That's a whole other ball game we're yeah. playing with. Black Woman Magic. Okay, so Man. Q, um, I I wanna I wanna poke here a little bit. Okay, you would not be you if you did. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> so. What about, or not? What about man? What's what's but um, um, every black woman who hears this poem feels seen in some way. I assume because I am not a black woman, but I was listening, and I'm not daft, so I'm pretty sure if I was a black woman, I would feel as if someone was trying to really see my experience and talk about it, bring it some light, some love, some healing. Does my Asian sister hear this poem and is she able to get all the beautiful things that you said about women and not get upset or not not feel excluded how how does how does because because there are some incredible things in this poem that are true for women in general Mm -hmm. there are also some things that are true for marginalized women of a race that I'm trying to speak more plurally about in that case, right? And then there are other things that are specific to just black women. Only black women had this type of experience. How do they parse what's what in your poem? Easy questions, <laughs> easy questions here. And, and, and I'll Nothing tell you what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this one better. You think about that and let's have Mitch answer that question. What do you oh, fuck think, Mitch? You. No way. No, it's Q's poem. It's Q's poem. Take, take a stab. What I, do you think? I Mitch? actually would like to hear what you... I, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to ponder on it. I want to thank you first for asking that question. I do want to thank... Because I think that's what these spaces are for. So I appreciate you for allowing this space. I'm glad that me and you decided to be the ones to do this. Because if, no, <laughs> if nothing else, you're never going to ask the easy question. That's just not what you do. And I appreciate that. I'm saying when you say Pope, that's who you are. Uh, but that's but that's good. But that challenges us to, you know I mean, be very honest. You know what yeah. I mean? Regardless of what the answer is, it just challenges us to be honest. But I'm also very curious to know what Mitch would have to say behind that. I am curious. How, how would you dissect that, Mitch? I, 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 well, I'm, I wouldn't. Uh, but you're asking me to. Okay. So all right. All right. So let me give you that. Right. I. Take your male whiteness yeah. and chuck it out the door right now. Because okay. yeah, all right, we all know you're male. We all know you're white. But I'm trying to create a space for you to, 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 to step away from okay. the trappings of that and not get judged against that. What would you think? How would you dart to suck that? Well, and before you answer, do I still get the opportunity to answer mm. the question? Okay, cool. But I, I'm definitely, it's a good question. I, I really want to know. It is a good know. question. 
And uh, I'm trying to think of a non-cop-out way to approach it or a way that doesn't sound like I'm trying to find a cop-out because... I don't think you will. I don't think you're going to cop out. I just, I think you're going to be as honest as we know Mish to be. All right. In the past few years, I've, uh, e, part of it was in school, you know, just like grappling with mm-hmm. the field of psychology as a whole, but um, just like coming into adulthood and, you know, leaving home for the first time, leaving the state for the first time, moving to a new city, it has given me a different sense or perspective on humanity mm. as a whole. And not only, not only my tiny little place in it, but just what it means to be human and how we grapple with each other and our different histories and our different backgrounds. And yet we're all here like at this time, you know, mm-hmm. and how we bring that all together and all that I can think to do is just listen so what I get from that poem is this is an opportunity for me to listen, which is, it's nice. It's nice not to, not to feel like you have to take over a room or take over a space, you know? You just get to sit and just hear somebody else's experience. I guess, I guess that's my answer. All right. I don't know how you feel about that, but I appreciate that answer. Yeah, I do. I really. Pre- I, and that's a Mitch answer. That is a Mitch <laughs> answer. And I, I didn't expect that. I'm not saying you're not predictable, but to hear it makes sense to me. I'm like that sounds like something Mitch would say. Cheers. So it's a Mitch answer. I think that's a cop out, Mitch. What do you think? Wow. Really? Yeah. yeah you're I, I tough. I, I don't think you answered the question. What was the question again? How do we look at Q's poem and say how, how do we? D- d- oh, you were asking. For, oh, I gave you my perspective. How I inter- interface with the poem. The question was, how would women taking, in general? Taking God, Mitch, so you're asking right, me to speak the, for women. The white man went out the door. Right? The <laughs> you're white asking me to door. speak for women. Uh, 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 or, or maybe, maybe if you could identify something in the poem that allows all women to understand what's going on, allows racially subjugated women to understand what's going on, and allows the black experience woman to also still have a root in that poem. Because I hear it and I get confused. Because there are parts of me that want to identify, but I can't say, well, one, I'm not a woman. I'm not black. Uh, I don't feel marginalized, although I know I am, but that's my own personal shit. So I try to step out of myself and say, what, what, what could I... Anyway, I'm trying to answer my own question. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, it's easier if you believe in reincarnation. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I love the egg. I love the egg. I mean, <laughs> in a, in any, well, I don't want to say in any poem, you're going to call that a cop-out. In that poem specifically, you, you, you get a chance to reflect. Okay, here's what I'll say. This is, this is the route I'm going to take. And this is, I, I think this is less of a cop-out. Any, any poetry that produces a reaction in you gives you a chance to examine that reaction and the source of it. So if you react to a poem with discomfort or, or anger or uh, I don't even, any negative emotion, that's a moment for you to look very closely at what about what was said produced that reaction in you. That is the answer you could give every one of those people. Yeah. 
what about this poem did you did you what exactly identify was with? said that made you feel the need to be angry or not or not feel or it. happy or or lusty or whatever yeah. and then you and then you decide okay what part of me produced that reaction and is that a part of me that I need to continue to feed or is that a part of me that Ooh. I can starve Wait, did you say you went to college for psychology? I didn't say anything. Just, yeah, okay. So Q, <laughs> tell me about your poem. Tell, okay. tell us, tell us, listening audience, about the keys to this poem. Well, let me start off by saying thank you for asking the question. Give me the opportunity to. I'm, I'm being genuine because I don't always get the opportunity to do this. So dig in. So I appreciate that opportunity. I appreciate you providing the opportunity, but I definitely appreciate you for asking the question. And I want to answer it to you this way. It is exclusively a poem for black women. It is exclusively a poem for yes. black women. Exclusively. Cheers 100% exclusively. Because of the lines, if you hear what I was... Mm -hmm. I wrote it with black women in mind mm -hmm. specifically first. But if you listen to the lines within it, I was trying to heal from what they have been through specifically. Mm -hmm. Not disregarding anything anybody else has been through, but specifically knowing what the black woman has been through since she's been brought to this country. Mm -hmm. I was doing the best I can with words, trying to show that here I am, trying to give you the best I can to help at least identify with your problem and let you know I'm here to do whatever it is that I need to do to help you not feel the way that you have been feeling since mm -hmm. you've been brought here, specifically for them. She is the most disrespected person in this country. This is what I feel, and this is what she feels. Mm -hmm. So my job is to not make her feel so disrespected. I will let her know. I will put my life on the line for you to show you how much I appreciate you and the sacrifice that you have made for us and our people. I, you know, Q, Specifically. It, it makes me feel like, it makes my, my response is, I don't think this poem is exclusionary enough. I don't think you single out black women enough. I don't think it's clear enough. If you're really talking to just black women and only black women, then I need to hear, fuck you, white women. Fuck you, Asian women. You're, this poem is not about you. This is about the black well, woman experience. Because you, in this poem... Wait a minute. No, 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 hold on. In this poem, I, I think women of all races and even men, this one, want to identify with it. They want to understand what that experience was. They want to hold that same space. They want to... To, to understand it and they cannot no one can unless for a moment they're willing to like apply it to themselves to put themselves in and and i'm telling you if your goal was to identify only black women you have failed because every woman who hears this poem thinks that they're talking that you're talking about them every woman i guarantee Wow, well, you, that's a, first before I say something, I want to hear what Mitch had to say when you said something that obviously raised my brows. I Mitch start over here. I oh, it's like coughing. fuck Asian, fuck white women, fuck you. Yeah, I was being hyperbolic. But. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I choked on my tea. <laughs> Give me a second. Okay, but let me say this to you: I, I totally disagree with yeah. with other women thinking that I'm talking about them when all I'm saying in there is black women. Yeah. So if they think that they're black women, then that's on them. I can't I can't worry about what they think. I also... I, I am going to tell you that they're I wrong. speak now. Okay, okay, my bad. Right. No, no. Go ahead. I don't think any one experience needs to be talked about at the expense of another. You know? And I'm not crying. I know it sounds like I am, but I just choked on my teeth, so I'm trying to come back to normal. <laughs> I don't think... 
But if you're crying, it's think, okay uh, to cry. Yeah, it's okay thank to you. cry. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I'll quote the Barbie movie. I'm a liberate, liberated man. I know it's okay to cry. Uh, <laughs> if, I love this movie. If you have not seen the Barbie movie, it's so good. It is. I won't. Q, but go ahead. You're, you you're selling it. yourself short. Refuse, you are selling yourself short. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, a poem for black women doesn't need to account for the experiences of any other woman. Because why should they be asked to account for the experience of any other woman? If it's their experience. I would agree. does not need to. But I think this poem speaks on some really universal sufferings. Mm. That if you're trying to, to really target in, I, I, I'm sorry, this is not supposed to be an appraisal of your poem. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm, no. I'm revealing that every time I've heard this, I've wanted to identify with it in some way. And now I'm hearing, actually, no, this isn't for me. All I can, all I can do is understand what, what their experience is like. I don't buy it. I, don't, I feel like that's exclusionary. I feel like that's keeping me away from the poem in a way that I don't like, personally. But I thought you said it was inclusive. That other women feel I, I, like I they, think it is. I'm talking about them as well. I, I so do. Is it exclusionary or is it inclusive? I, I'm confused. It is. The way that it's written, the way you deliver it, it is inclusionary against your hard-earned effort to make it exclusionary. Because I'm hearing you say it is an exclusionary poem, Phil. This is just about black women. This is just for black women. I'm telling you, all right, well then, let's come up with a new name for black women. <laughs> that That is even more of a, this is not about you, but this is about black women because I- I, I, I hear what you're saying. So let me let me say if I can say it this way. So you've heard, you, this is your first time hearing this. No, no, it is not. I heard this poem uh, at- Erotic Poetry Festival. You don't remember that? That was good. I think you read it at the Merc, too. Oh, I'm pretty sure. particular poem I just wrote. Yeah, I'm pretty I just sure. read. I, I remember this poem. Good times. I'm pretty sure that's not the case. I think this is one of my newest poems. Oh, well. If, which means I read it once at... I thought you read it at the Merc. I read it at um, Green Spaces. Oh, Green Spaces. Okay. Well, and I said I'm, it then. It I was must new. Be I just wrote it. That's what I'm saying. I've written plenty of poems about. So this one, let me just explain this one. Mm, this mm. was a love poem to black women. How much I love and appreciate what they have done. And so I'm basically letting them know I'm that guy. I'm here to sacrifice my life for you. I'm here to acknowledge your pain and mm -hmm. your suffering. I have plenty of poems when I say, hey, fuck the white man for what he's done to you, for cutting the baby out of your belly and stumping mm -hmm. on the baby in front of I, I have plenty of those. That was not... That's not what I was trying to convey with this one. This was just for her. Those other ones were for her enemy. Letting her enemy know, hey, if you come at her, you better come at me first. This is me telling her, I will run into a burning building to get you out. This is me displaying my love for the black woman. So this is a love poem for the black woman. So it's not about the enemy no more. This is just about our relationship between mm -hmm. how I feel about her and her sacrifice and what she has done and I'm atoning for the things that you've been through. That's what this was about. Mm -hmm. And nobody else should be feel like they included in it because they're not. <laughs> and if they do, oh well. Uh, when that burning building comes by, I'm probably going to just call the fire department. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not running in there. I'm not running in there. I'm not running in there. Are you outlining reverse racism? There's no such thing when it comes to the black community. You know, there's no such thing as reverse racism. Well, if, if, racism if my is life is prejudice not... plus power, we don't have any power. Well, uh, is, is what you're saying that the black... And, and after the... you finish this, we need to go back to this guy yeah. over here. But go ahead. But this you, is what I wanted to happen. I, I'm just saying so what I wanted is, to happen. <laughs> it's not what we wanted to happen. <laughs> uh, 
I just, um, I, I wonder, does my, is my life worth less than a black woman's life? Wow, you are poking again. Here you go, poking I'm, again. I'm, I, I feel like... How do you feel that your life is worth? Because you're not, you're not putting that on me, right? No, you're not, no. You're not trying to put that on me. No, I'm, 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 no, I am. I'm putting it on your poem. I'm okay. putting it on your poem. Okay. I'm asking your poem, is, is, is my life worth less to Q's life than a black woman's life? And I'm not saying that in a, that shouldn't be the case. I'm not trying to judge it. I'm asking. And, and actually... I may already, I may, I am already right with it. I, I know I'm okay with it. If, if, right, if, if you know the answer, probably you already know the answer. That's uh, why you are right with it because you know the answer before I even say the answer. <laughs> I, I, but I know uh, if Mitch gets reviews for uh, episodes, this oh, one here is going to be like the phone ain't going to stop ringing. I'm sure. Oh, like, fuck like, if you have, if you have any comments, any comments, if you want to join the discussion, <laughs> poetspodcast at gmail.com, email me. For I'll real. read your shit on, on the air. Uh, so let's. Is that really the question? And if so, why is that the question? Do you need me to well, jump in front of a moving car to push you out? Do you need me to do that? I mean, honestly, no. she does. But do you need me to? Because that's the answer to the question. You don't need me to. She does. It's the answer. That's a really good answer. You know what I mean? You don't need me to. But she does need me to because no one has done it for her. And that's why she needs me to because that's a really good answer. she's done it for everybody. Philip, would you describe yourself as the devil's advocate? No. Okay. No, uh, because the devil's greatest gift was convincing the world didn't exist. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> I was about to, and, and you definitely want the world to know that you exist. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> no doubt about that. Uh, but not um, as the devil. Right. No, I get that. I get that. I get that. Uh, See, I like the devil. Hopefully I answered your question before we switch back over to Mitch. Let's, let's get did it. I, did I answer let's, your question? I, I think it's Mitch. Yes. Okay. And it was a damn good answer. That was a good, okay. a whole good conversation. Um, Holy shit. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> again, grateful to you for providing the platform for us to do that because, you know, doing it off camera don't mean as much. Mm. And we do this, we probably do this all the time. I mean, Philip, mm. we have a lot mm. of, I have a couple of poems in my journals that Philip has inspired. Oh, shit. He asked me once, have I ever written a happy poem? So I remember I wrote a poem once and I titled it Happy Poem. <laughs> and then he asked me what it would it be like if I was white? And I wrote a poem, White for a Day. Because I, of oh, I think I've heard that yes. poem. I'm, I'm sure I've Philip heard that has poem. inspired a lot of poems because of our personal side conversation. So now to have it on camera, on, on film yeah, or on, on voice. For yeah. posterity. It's, it's, it's great. It's, it's wonderful to be able to have Do you remember that day that. you'd ask me whether or not your life was more important than a black woman's Do you remember that shit? And I'll be like, no, I don't remember. And then he's going to bust out his phone and be like, well, here it is. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> so Mitch. Yeah. When would this end? Or will it end? Oh, what's the criteria for poetry Kobe and Dunn? It'll end when I die. Oh. So this is going to continue. This is this has no as far expiration as I'm date. Concerned. <laughs> when you run out of talent? No, because I'll have people come on again. I guess we're doing it right now. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And I mean, honestly, every okay. Well, there are people who would say they're not poets. There are people who come and listen to the Merc who would say I'm not a poet. Mm -hmm. I say bullshit, but I'm not going to like put that on anybody. Some of them I probably would agree with. Yeah. Some people call themselves poets that aren't. Right? Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> what that means is there's billions of people out there who are poets, and I'm never mm -hmm. going to record every single one of them. So no. I'm not. I'm never going to run out of talent. No, and you won't. 
Do you want to hear what I wrote I today? Was, I'm so, looking at new shit right now. He's right. about to offer it. Let's go. And, and, but let me ask one more question. Yeah. Let me ask one more question about that, uh, what you just said, actually. Um, have you, this is going to be a spicy question. Ooh, give it to me. I love spicy food. Have, have you listened to all of the, uh, have you went back and revisited? This is a two-part question, but have you went back and revisited? You mean after they've been after they've posted? Um, or, or when you were editing, like, did it? Did you listen and the question I want to ask is, did you hear something and say, oh, so glad that's over? I'm not asking you the name. No, no, no. That's not what no, I'm asking. I but has, it, has, it any, has it been any of them like that where you're like, oh, well, I don't Honestly, know about that. Honestly. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm just curious. I'm just, objectively, I'm just curious to know. You don't have to. S- I honestly don't think there has been. Okay. And this is not me. Like, if, I, if there had been, I would, I would say yes. Because when I, when I go back and listen, so after I post them, I don't listen again just because I've already, I've heard it through. But you, um, you're editing and exactly. process. While right? I'm editing, I go to each poem and I listen all the way through with my headphones turned up, listening for minute stumbles mm-hmm. or mistakes or anything that I can like tighten up, you know? Right. So I'm <laughs> polish, really polish, listening polish, polish, to polish. it. The, the people who have, everyone who's gone so far, I'll say it this way. There have been there have been features who have surprised me. There have been features features who I was like, all right, we're gonna do this. We're gonna record whatever poetry. And this is this is no judgment. This is this mostly comes from me not being super familiar with people's work. Right. So somebody shows up and I don't know them that well, and I'm like, okay, we're just gonna do this. We're gonna crank this out. We're gonna get it done. And then they start to to speak their poetry, and I'm like. I'm really glad that this person is here, you know? So, so you've been, you've been more surprised way. on the yeah. positive side and, and on the yeah, opposite. Okay. I would say so, yeah. Okay. But uh, I'm just curious. I'm no, just I'm wondering. sure that will happen eventually, you know? Yeah, <laughs> but it hasn't happened thus far. Is what I don't saying. think so. Okay, cool, cool. All right. So go ahead and give us what you got. Uh, I'm going to ask another question. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this is fun. If you could interview anybody, who would it be? Poet or just poet. anyone? Yeah, if you get anybody Ooh. up here on poet, and, and and I guess because you you cast the net this way, anybody you would call a poet, even if they don't identify as one, living or dead, only dead, only dead. Ooh, man, I'm trying to pick from three. Okay, all three together in the same room: Edgar Allan Poe, Charles Bukowski, and J.R.R. Tolkien. I don't know if J.R.R. Tolkien would call himself a poet, but sorry, you do. Say, but you do. He definitely. I don't know. I'm not familiar. He uh, wrote Lord, Lord of the, of the Rings. Rings. Lord of the Rings. Oh, gotcha. Okay. He, I mean, obvi- he was a linguist and a storyteller. I mean, he wrote Lord of the Rings kind of in his spare time. <laughs> but in Lord of the Rings, there is poetry. Mm-hmm. Like he includes mm-hmm. poetry as like a way of fleshing out the world and the lore and the stories and everything. I think. I would, I, if I were to talk to him, I would probably not be so much talking about poetry. I'd pro- probably just be, just be trying to get some of his mind to rub off on me, like slightly. Osmosis. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm curious to hear your poem. And the then new I, one? And then I want to hear what you'd ask them. Okay. Um, Yeah, I guess this is it. Okay. I finished it today. I think I wrote the first two lines last night, but I finished it today. I'm tired of making a fool of myself, grasping at childish things that should have been put away long ago. 
I'm tired of trying to explain myself when even I do not know what rose and walked in the night on that solstice by the sea. I'm tired of the way moonlight falls on dark waters and is swallowed and leaves behind such silence. I'm tired of the notion that any of it holds sway, and so I choose nothing. May it find me swiftly upon a throne. There that was go. good. Cheers. <laughs> that was good. I'll probably read it tonight. <laughs> that was good. That was good. And you, you said you just finished it today? I, f- I wrote But the, you started it before. I wrote last night. I wrote, I'm tired of making a fool of myself. And then I think I wrote the, the childish things line as well. And then I finished it today. So you started last night. Yeah. It, so it's totally new. Yeah. Totally new. Inspiration behind that. That first line. I'm tired. I No, uh, making a fool of myself. You know, I I hate the feeling of feeling like I've made a fool of myself. I'm tired of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of putting, I'm tired of like coming away from situations and feeling as though I made a fool of myself. Mm-hmm. But within that is the understanding that that's all on you. You know, mm-hmm. like that's 100% on you. So- if you're tired of it, fix it. Wake up. Yeah. Uh, can we do the magic of editing and you read it again? Sure. Awesome. And before you read it again, I want to ask you after you, well, you can answer it after you read it if you want to, but what <coughs> makes you feel that way? Like you making a fool of yourself and what have you identified those moments is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And is it under some type of substance or maybe some type of beverage is when you do it or do you think you do it all the time? It's, there's not really a pattern. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's rational. You haven't identified the pattern yet. Maybe the, yeah. there's a pattern. I don't think it's rational. I'll say that. Um, I don't. I'm pretty sure it's all in my head. It all is anyway. Yeah, which is like part of part of what the poem is about. You gotcha. know, gotcha. if it's all in your head, then it's all in your head. It, it, that's self defeating, though. Because it, is it? Because you know you go down that route of it's all in your head, and then suddenly you think nothing matters. Because stuff that's in your head does matter. But please read the poem again for us, and we'll save the audience from having to hear it again. Go ahead. Excuse me. I'm tired of making a fool of myself, grasping at childish things that should have been put away long ago. I'm tired of trying to explain myself when even I do not know what rose and walked in the night on that solstice by the sea. I'm tired of the way moonlight falls on dark water and is swallowed and leaves behind such silence. I'm tired of the notion that any of it holds sway, and so I choose nothing. May it find me swiftly upon a throne." I think what I said before to your questions before was bullshit. Hearing it again uh-huh. for the second time. Go on. I f- the a big this uh, this line about childish things has been in my mind for weeks now. It's a I'm, I think it's a Bible verse. I think it's from Corinthians or it something like that. Definitely I don't know. is a Bible verse. It's like when I was a child, I thought I thought as a child, I acted as a child mm-hmm. or something like that. When but when man, I became a man, put I put childish away childish things. things. Yeah. That that line has been in my head for a while. Um, 
and then you think, and then I, and then I sort of end it a lot. Well, it kind of, it kind of goes back to what you both said earlier about being detached from the world. Choose nothing. I choose nothing and I hope it finds me on a throne. It's like, well, if I'm choosing nothing, who gives a shit that I'm on a throne, you know? Ooh. But in, in and of the, in and of itself being, if I find myself on a throne, even if it's a throne of my own making, I can at least personally be satisfied. You know, I don't need, I don't need it from anybody else. I heard choose nothing. And, uh, I, I heard the, if I choose nothing, then I f- feel as if I have less responsibility for the result, mm. but actually it's just the same level of responsibility. You're still just responsible for the choice of nothing, but there's that perception of, I'm going to just not, I have less effect on the world if I don't choose anything. Is what Which I've is heard. still a choice. Mm-hmm. Like you can't choose nothing. Uh, I also want to really compliment the line, rose and walked in the night, because as you're going through that poem, the word rose right there is not in the turn that you expected. So rose, I was thinking, Flower, flower. Oh, wait, he got up mm. in the middle of the night. It was beautiful. Cheers. And Thank you. I would love to see more hidden rose metaphor in this poem because it happened in my head already. And I think, well, man, if you start sticking words like thorn mm. and. Mm. Uh, anyway, I, I can't hear a poem without giving that kind of critique. And I wanted to hear it twice to make sure I heard it. But I, I also, might just leave it in. Who knows? Um, I, I, um, I heard Mitch the detached, less invested in this poem and, and trying to find some kind of peace with that. Like I, I'm, I'm identifying this in my life and this mode is something that I am all right with. Yeah. Am I okay? Am I on, on target with that Mitch or am I totally off base? Yeah, no, you're on, you're on target. Be, uh, I mean, this is something that everybody has to deal with. Mm. Everybody has to deal with the vision of themselves in some ways not coming true because when you're a child and you're imagining your future, there's no possible way to know what actually is going to happen to you, how it's all going to unfold mm-hmm. and what you're going to look like on the other end of it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get to a certain point where you think where you had imagined yourself arriving in the future and it's not going to look the way that you had imagined. Oh, there's man. no way. It happens to every single one. It of has us. to happen because you can't predict the future. You just can't maybe know not, what's going to happen. Maybe not Q though. Maybe maybe, maybe Q is exactly where he thought he would be when he was a teenager. He was like, you know, what? I'm going to grow up. And he did use the poetry career earlier. He, I don't know many poets that can confidently say that poetry is their career. And I have yeah. admiration for every one of them. I think someday when I grow up, I'm going to be like that. And I'm having the same moment you are right now. We're like, man, I'm arrived. I'm an adult. And gosh, I don't think of myself as a poetry by career. I'm not going to comment on that right now. Come on, but, Q. But, come not on. Now, but I do want to ask a question. That line that you said, uh, coming to a place that I thought I left a long time ago. Uh, that line. Oh, look it oh. Up, look it up. Look it up. Grasping at childish things that should have been put away long oh, yeah. ago. What does that mean? Ooh. And then I have a question for you. Ooh. Well, not a question, but a comment off of what Mitch said, but it goes along with that. Because that's the one that stuck out to me. Yeah. Because I, I deal with poems line for line, and yeah. that line defines the poem. I like that poem. It does. It I does like define. that poem, or that line. So that what poem. does that mean? Put it away, Mitch. It, it, it's, I think, you know, having only written this a few hours ago, <laughs> it's, um, 
can still smell it. It's getting a, it's getting at the idea that what's going to happen is exactly what I always knew was going to happen. But for some reason I was resisting it, even though I knew that like, it's, it, I mean, this is, this poem is not about death, but it's like death. You know, you mm -hmm. can fight and scream and scrabble against death as it comes upon you. But if you're 98 years old lying in a hospital bed, sorry to break it to you, you're about to die yeah. and you but, should make peace with it. Otherwise you're going to go into the next life screaming and crying. But that, that's just a metaphor, right? You're talking about the, yes, yes, who this I'm poem supposed is to not be. About death. This poem is not about death. This who poem I thought is about, it would be. it's about, of course, of course it happened the way it did. You always knew it was going to happen the way that it did. And you, I, well, I don't even know. Are you asking yourself to stop being surprised? I think I'm asking myself or telling myself or maybe coming to terms with the decision to just forget about the past, not forget about it in, in the way that it has informed where I am now, but forget about it as in it's not happening right now. But giving up the plans that the past were supposed to, to yeah. foretell. yeah. I was like, supposed to be a doctor by now or whatever. Well, I am a doctor, but <laughs> that was a fucking layup. If ever there was one. <laughs> well, actually I am a doctor. <laughs> but no, but yes, but yes, yes. I don't know if that's what I meant. You know, this is something that I was thinking I would probably bring up uh, while I was thinking about how this conversation would go. I love, I love it when I read a poem and somebody describes how it, what it meant to them or what they got from it. And it's 100% not what I meant <laughs> at all. Like, I love that feeling. And I think this that happens all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> More often than they get it. Yeah. More often than they actually oh, yeah. understand what you meant. People and, are like, this was a great silver duck. Exactly. I was talking about this. But I was told that that's what poetry was. Yes. That once you put it out, it's not yours. It's anymore. not yours It belongs anymore. to the audience yeah. now. So and now this, they can think whatever they want to think. I want to yeah. nail your ass to the wall on the black woman poetry right now, but I'm going to let that go. <laughs> actually, that's what I'm going to bring back up. Now. Let's go. I'm going to bring it back up. If I can. If I can bring this back up. Because Mitch said something that made me think about something because I despise devil's advocates. Ah. First of all, I despise. Mm. So when you ask that question, even though he said no, he, he he's, that's not what he's being. Yeah. But I do want to ask, why is that was that the question about these other women who might feel marginalized when it was so specific that it was about black women? Well, because I, at first you start off saying the other women might feel more like Asian women, or you start off by saying that. Well, because I think that what I was talking to is a lot of people will identify with that poem whether or not you want them to or not. But initially you was almost saying like I was being exclusive to these other women, and that's I, the question I'm concerned because about. Because I still feel that that's the way you're being. I am on yeah. purpose. Yeah, <laughs> but shouldn't I be? It's my question though, because mm. that was specific for Should the love of a black man for black women and what they've been through. So okay, so I think we live in a society now where everything is being nitpicked about. Well, what about us? And what about us? If Isn't it on the Asian man to write poems about Asian women and their suffering? That's on them to do that. It's not on me to do that. It's my job to write a poem about what black women have been through because I came from one and I raised Yes. Them. So it should be exclusive. Okay. So, but I would not be worried about what black women think if an Asian person came up, wrote a poem about Asian women. And I wouldn't care what black women felt. Well, why didn't you include us? Mind your fucking business is what I would tell them. Mind your business. This ain't got nothing to do with you. It's got something to do with that, that Asian man and how he feels about his Asian women. 
Because that's how I feel right now. Mm, like, mm, shouldn't mm. everybody else just mind their business? This is about a black man speaking to what black women have been through since we've been here. I will see that mm. when your audience is made up of entirely black women. That's why it hasn't been read at the Mercury. <laughs> because there are none out there. So, I wrote it thinking about them. I read it at, uh, at um, Green, Green Spaces, Spaces because... You know, M is, you know, she, but so this it is was, why it I was, want you to read it at the Mercury Cafe and everywhere. Are you sure you haven't read it at the Mercury? I, I swear I heard I, you read it. I, I'm with you. I, was, I feel like I've heard this a few times. But my maybe point last is, week, if I did, it must maybe, it might have been last know. week because it's definitely new. It's, it's, it's one of my newer pieces. Yeah. I just wrote it in, in August. So I know I wrote it okay. just last month. I just wrote it. So. The, 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 uh, the gregarious nature in me sees something, even if it wasn't designed to be that way, but sees something that is great and could be and and is positive for people not just black people but just people that is a cool awesome thing i would love to see that cool awesome thing out there for all the people that that's where my my heart my mind my my perception is at and the perception then sees and hears this poem and 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 feels the exclusionariness of it and is upset that then now this is just for black women Okay. Um, I, I want there to be a way for this poem to be for all people because I know it will be regardless of your intention either way. <laughs> people will hear this poem. They will think, I thought, I'm not going to talk about the people. I thought I could be that black woman too. I have suffered too. Not in the ways that they have, but I can identify with, with why they are hurting. I can give them that empathy and that, that is a miracle happening right here and now, regardless of the race. That's, that's why I asked the question. Why, can, can, I admit, can I make space? Yes, for the poems that are just for these people. Do I like it? No, I don't. Wow, there's a lot said there. <laughs> so much said there. Yeah. And I believe that you're coming from a genuine place asking that question. I really do. Mm. Because I know you as a human being. Mm. I get that. So what is it about it that you don't like? And you probably have explained it, but I want you to be specific if you can. Just Philip and Q and, and Mitch. There's nothing about the poem I don't like. I thought you just said. I don't like you telling me it's just for black women. Mm. What about that don't you like then? Tell me that. That's, that's, tell me that. that what, now what is it about when, that that you don't like? Now when I even think of somebody who's not a black or woman, a black, a woman. I didn't mean to say that that way. <laughs> uh, that, that if they are not those two qualifiers, that this poem is not for them. Part of me wants to say, fuck anybody else's reaction. If they hear it and don't like it, it's a poem, you know, react to it how you will. And they will. Because you will read this poem <laughs> in the wild. And that's a great thing. So I'm going to get what I want. But yeah. I do love you saying this, but I do, I'm, I'm concerned. I am concerned about you not liking me saying this exclusively for black women. I'm still trying to get a grasp of why you don't like that part. I get it. You like the poem or you're not saying that you don't like the poem. And I don't care if you like it or not. It's not about liking it. It's what I'm saying. I, I kind of feel like, you know, that's how I feel about all my poems. People are always going to like something. Like, but I think we all know that. But there's going to be somebody who don't like something that we write, right? There's always a part no of me matter that what says, it is. fuck the audience. Yes. I love the audience. I'm glad love, they're there, but, but, but there's you always say, a part of me that says, 
I don't give a shit. I know why. But you're not liking me saying that exclusively for black women. What is it about that that you don't like is what I'm saying? Because I don't think that's what you really want, Q. What do you mean? I think that at your heart of hearts, you would like to have everyone understand the black experience, be it man or woman. That if you really could seed a thought into every fucking head, you'd give them the chance to live that black woman experience and be able to see through to it and empathize. But you can't. So why not let this poem be a great way for every person, black, white, female, male, non-gender, whatever the fuck it is, to live for a black woman for a second and feel that rage? Wouldn't that be even more powerful? Maybe I shouldn't say more powerful. I was saying. I was saying. Th- but, but couldn't that give all the other people who aren't black women a foothold in this poem? and a foothold into understanding what it is. Maybe there's just a line that I'm hearing in my head that isn't actually there that's, hey, by the way, you're not a black woman, but this is what it's like. I don't know. Interesting. Um, and the, the problem is I'm sitting in the wrong spot. What do you Because mean? I keep looking at that clock over there. I see that clock. Oh, the fuck the clock. <laughs> so, uh, all right, I like that. The he's producer gonna, said, fuck the clock. Yeah, he's going to edit. Which means I have time to, I can say something else then. I can respond. Oh, absolutely. I can retort. <laughs> um, Philip. Yes. Q. And, you know, it's very easy for me to be um, what some people say. It's very easy for me to be um, hardcore. To say the least, I guess. I don't you know mean, where that, I don't know where that term comes from. Yourself? I don't know where that term comes from, but either way, I'm accepted. Um, but with you, I can be, and and I'm maybe thinking about Mitch over here as well. I don't want the FCC to come knocking on this door. If they don't give a shit about this podcast. Okay. Are okay. you kidding me? Come on. If they do, we don't be surprised made it. now. Don't if be surprised. They do, you made it. Yes, yes. Don't be surprised now. But um, but. Again, I think we're probably being... Okay, let me just say it. I'm Sit not going to pussyfoot around shooting coach shit. Let me not do that. I think maybe there's a part of you that might be being a little unfair to Q, the writer, the poet. Not Q, the person, but Q, the poet. Because I know you've been around. You, you usually don't miss... You know, you've heard me do those. Yeah. Remember, just, this poem was specifically about the love of a black man for those black women and what yeah. they've been through. So that's what makes it exclusive because people don't have to see the love as long as she sees it, if that makes sense. Nobody oh, else you're has gonna to You're going to keep I, going back to she sees it? Then do this to just black women. Right. But if you're going to bring this out to the rest of the world to see, we want to see the whole thing. But black women are on this podcast. I'm hoping that there's some black women at least to two. the podcast. So that's why. We're I, talking to you right now. Black women, both of you. I missed something. Well, I'm I just saying there's got to be at least two. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so, yeah. so my daughter's going to listen to it. Yes. You know what I mean? But I'm saying, so I was speaking directly to them. That's what I was speaking to. Nobody That's why I haven't read that. it in really many spaces because there's not really many spaces where I can get to read it to black women in this city. No, so that that is actually a selling so, point for this So it's poem. a love poem to black women. And I want to hear more about that on stage. Mm. Are you going to get those black women in the audience? No, are you gonna no. Bring them? I want to hear are about. Are you going to give extra time for preambles and shit? Because no. we got four minutes up on stage. You, yes. you what, what I'm talking about is, is, is I want you to identify the fact that there's no black women here in this goddamn poem uh, when there should be. I say it all the time. I know. So so keep saying that and share this poem. But furthermore, know that there will be lots of people in the room who are reaching to try to think that it's them. And if you want to make sure that they don't think that it's them, 
remind them this is for black women. This is a love song. I love what you said. This is a love song from this black man to those black women. Yes. So when they get that then, when they get that, or do I need to go out I, there and spoon feed them? Because I'm not going to do that. Because that's not our job as poets. To no, go out and no, spoon feed no, the I, audience. I don't. But I, I can't spoon if, feed. if there was ever a callback opportunity, the callback is, I am not a black woman. Everyone in the audience says, I'm not a black woman. Whenever you do the thing. Except for the black women, <laughs> you know, two of them, whatever they are, uh, to help them uh, see from that perspective of, of this is not about me, but maybe I can appreciate it. Maybe I can see, but but that's not what I really want. You, that's what you want. I'm going to try to suggest that for what you want. But what I want, but I say, what do you want? I want everyone to be able to identify with that poem in the way that helps them. Philip, Philip, or make space for. Can I interject? I think you need to write a poem that's a love letter to everybody, and is a poem that everybody can identify as the lover and the loved. In I think you need to write this poem. That's what that's what I'm hearing. I or or that I've failed at it. Have you tried? I absolutely, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm envious of what is happening in Q's poem. Apparently, by mistake. Not not by intention. Uh, he wasn't trying to get everyone to identify and think of themselves as that person. Right. He was trying to get every black woman to feel his love, care, appreciation, and and honor. I think everybody wants to feel that way, and so it's it's going to be hard for people to think. Well, you know, that's not me. Yeah. But if they don't think that, that's fine too. If they want to feel like they're included, that's fine. It's just they're not listening to the words of the poem. <laughs> because the words of the poem says this is specifically for the black woman. But if they want to identify with that, that's okay. I'm not going to tell them, hey, don't do it. Don't identify with You're not going to go audience member to right, audience member being like, stop right, enjoying stop. this poem. Don't think about a white elephant. Because do you do Don't it? think about a white elephant. Do you do remember? Don't think about a white elephant. The, the only thing they're thinking is, okay, this isn't about me. Well, maybe it's about me. <laughs> Do you remember I, mean, I wish it was about me. Do you remember erotic poetry last year? Do erotic poetry last well, year. Yeah. Me and you were upstairs. Yeah. And yeah. I and I was remember I was Iceberg Slim. Yeah. And I, re- I told I th- the audience, because there was no black women out there, maybe one. I said, I need you all to channel your black woman energy. See, this is what I'm remembering. I said that to them then because yes. I wanted them I, I, to relate differently because it was sexual. So I wanted them to be relate about the uh, sex experience this is between what the black men and the black woman. Remember, I told them, and one woman came up to me and she said, I was Angela Bassett. I was such, they were identifying with black women and, and, so they can identify with what I was saying to them because it was mm-hmm. all sexual. Mm-hmm. It was all sexual about mm-hmm. the things that I would do to them. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to identify. Them. And I want that to be part of this, this poem. This is the opposite. I want them to not <laughs> identify with this <laughs> because they have not been treated the way black women have been treated. So I don't want them to identify. I absolutely don't want them to identify because they don't have the same <sighs> suffrage is as that the black why? woman has. It, okay, so okay. don't it, identify with this one. Please do not identify with this one. Um, okay, Q. What would happen if they did? It would be okay. I can't. I can't go out like I can't just go out and screen the audience from. I can't or, just do that. But, maybe it'd be better than okay. But empathy. If they have empathy, maybe I, I be get better that. than okay. Exactly. I get that. Maybe, I get that. That's yeah. great. I, everybody should empathize with all suffering. Okay. So I, I empathize with what the what what the Vietnamese went through in Vietnam War. 
I definitely identify with that suffering, that a country's coming over and wreaking havoc in your land. I'm a product of that. That's not why I identify with it. I identify with it from the, fa- the stories my father was telling me about the things that he had to do while he was there. But I also identify with Muhammad Ali not doing those things because he wasn't going to have that blood on his hands. Mm-hmm. I'm not going. But I also identify with Muhammad Ali losing three years of his prime career because of that decision to not go over and fight. I identify with that, but I identify with it because of those people over there who didn't do anything wrong, who didn't deserve to be treated the way they were treated. I empathize with that. But if somebody wrote a poem about that suffering and a Vietnamese person and mm. it was written directly for that country and what they've been through, I can't identify with that because mm. I wasn't living there. I can't identify. I can only identify with it from my father's perspective so you who can, was one of the people who was causing the havoc. So you can empathize but not necessarily identify. Right. Empathy versus identity. Yes. So if those is women kind of the are out there, there empathizing with with the black, I think that's a beautiful thing. And I think the black women around them, if there was, a, they would probably appreciate the empathy from other women. But to think that it was for them, they would be in error <laughs> because it's not. A hundred percent. Didn't have no other woman in mind. You say hundred percent though. When I wrote it, I didn't have them in mind at all. I had nothing but melanated, beautiful black women in mind when I wrote it. (laughs) I I had two women in my head when I wrote it because I wrote it in between a picture of my mother on my right and a picture of my daughter on my left. That's who I had in mind when I wrote that poem. I I would like to offer this. The suffering my mother went through and what my daughter is going through to this day. Mm. That's who I had in mind when I wrote it. And they're hearing you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so to they add are. other ones to it uh, wouldn't be, <laughs> just wouldn't be fair. They're like, wait a minute, son. I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> is it for me or is it for uh, Rosie Perez as well? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> I don't know much about Rosie Perez's suffering, so I can't write on her suffering. That's what I'm saying. But I think what Mitch said is key. I think you have to be the one to write that next poem. So all of them can feel inclusive. I think that's the key. We had a saying back in Pensacola when I was hosting in Pensacola for 11 years. If you, if you hear something you don't like, write a poem about it. Mm-hmm. Every week we had new poems. Every week we had more poems because somebody was always hearing some shit they didn't like. Mm-hmm. The, the te- I mean, it's on the website for this. It's on the website for this show. If you hear, if you like what you hear, tell a friend. If you don't, Tell an enemy. Yes. It's that, that idea. Stands, Tell somebody. Yes. Somebody's going to identify with so this. So that's somebody's good that it's inspiring you to bring out this passion because you were definitely passionate about it. And I appreciate the passion. But I don't want you to, uh, I don't want you to let that passion dissipate. I want you to do something with that passion. I think you should, I would love to hear. You should write Remember, this poem. You've inspired me to write a couple of them. Well, you asked me once I, you know, a long time ago, do I write any happy poems? I looked at the date the other day and it was like 21. I was just getting here. And I was like, oh, okay. Fill up one happy poem. I wrote one. <laughs> Uh, what would it be like if you was white, Q? I wrote one. Every time you say that, I'll get inspired and I write. So if this has inspired you, you should write that poem about that. You, you know, I, I am. And you can exclude black women if you want to. <laughs> I'm not saying you will, but you can if wow. you want to exclude them. You can because they have somebody who has already included wow. them. So you can exclude them if you want to. <laughs> so not, not only could I, but if I happen to by mistake... It would be fine. It would be fine because Q, sorry, Q's is, <laughs> Q's has it. Yes. Not just me, but many other <laughs> black poets and rappers have written many poems about them and they, they don't feel excluded. They, they won't feel excluded. They've been feeling excluded for 400 years, so they fine. God damn. They got tough skin. Somebody needs to read a poem. Who's going to read the next poem? Mitch. I, Mitch. Oh. Oh, okay. Wait, I guess he did too. I get 
Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Can we get another one out of you, Mitch? I, I you think, can get as many. Can, I mean, can we get we another can, one out of you, Mitch? I'm going to the market like 8:30. I'll leave here. Until then, I'm doing nothing. So I got to pick up Nathan. All right. Tonight, so. Q, Q will be our bellwether for tonight. Yeah. Uh, who? You will decide when we're done. Oh, okay. Cool. I'm just gonna read a couple of haikus. I like to have fun with haikus. Mm-hmm. If you're, I like to get a couple of haikus out the way. I um, I I'm gonna. Because we had a plan. Remember, we had a plan. Yeah. In the car. Yeah, yeah. Stick to the plan. Yeah. <laughs> Have, has it been completely derailed? I wouldn't say completely. Not completely. <laughs> uh, I am, um, I'm caught right now. On what? I'm caught between um, what I feel is a, 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 a fidelity to racial oppression and, uh, and, and honoring that as well as my desire for inclusivity. There's there's the there's the white side of me that is always looking to 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 find the thing that will bring everyone in, uh, and then there's the very much much smaller Asian oppressed part of me that is trying to to search for the value in dividing. This is for them and not for them, um, and I and I can't I can't on principle. No matter how you've how how you've uh, uh, um, legitimized the need for the black man to speak to the black woman the way that you have, the 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 larger part of me that is more optimistic that wants to see more healing will will hold true to the idea that there is more in your poem than you wrote, than you meant, and it is now bigger than you. And, this is true. And, I, I would and agree the responsibility that. you have to that poem is to allow the people who identify it in different ways to continue doing that. I the, totally agree. And, I would and, not disagree with that. And that's where we're at. That's where we're at. I won't Hell disagree yeah. with that. Awesome. I totally agree with that. Yeah. But I need to ask a question, and you can delete this out later. If you want I'm to. not deleting <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm not even going to delete what I said I would This earlier. conversation has nothing to do with my living arrangements, right? <laughs> I just need to make sure. That <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about who I was talking to. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. I think of it, this. Uh, this is a white man's perspective. I think of it as You lineage. haven't answered the question yet. <laughs> you are not going anywhere. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. I think <laughs> of it as I'm like, oh boy. Lineage. What did I have done? <laughs> L- lineage is what matters. You can... This comes up time and time again with like uh, cultural practices or spiritual practices or whatever. Lineage is what gives you the power to do something in the way that it was intended to do. If you have lineage behind what you're doing, it's going to have a different meaning and power to it. That's not to say that somebody can't come along and say, oh, I like that. I'm going to do my own version of it whatever, like free country, free world, hopefully you can do what you want, but it's not going to be the same as those who have the lineage behind them. Those who have hundreds or thousands of years of continued practice behind them. That's kind of how I view it. You know, that's kind of what I was saying. You know, I appreciate that. That's what I was saying that I can write from other women's perspective of what suffrage or anything. I, I can only do that for black women because I know them so well. 
I can only do it for them. That's, that's what I was saying, that I can only speak for them because I came from one and I'm raising one. Well, raised one now. But um, so I can't speak from other women's perspective. Uh, I have the right to with black women and they have a right to check me for it if I do it incorrectly because mm. there's, there's... But when I'm speaking from a place of love, I don't see them wanting to come and check me for it because I'm speaking of a place of love and I'm including their oppression mm. in that love. But I, I can't speak from somebody else's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know what Rosie Perez and her people... I, I, I know it from what I've read, but I've lived what the black woman has been through. I've lived it. I've seen it with my own eyes. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, so I can identify with that, what you just said directly. That's, that's, all I'm, that's what I'm saying. But that also puts the onus back on you to... Come from that place of holiness and and, and all inclusive inclusivity. I have you say that word. Um, you you have to write from that perspective because you would probably have a broader perspective from it. You would probably because you just mentioned the white side of you and the Asian side of you. You have those sides. Philip, I have if I went on the stage, black side, that's all if, I have is if, that black side. If I went on stage Looking and read a poem, <laughs> if I went on stage and read a poem about we should all love each other and we should totally just get along. Can you imagine how that would go down? If I'm in the audience, not very well. It would not go down very well. And I would still love and respect you as my brother, but not well. I'm like, what the fuck is Mitch on tonight? That's not the message I need to, <laughs> that's not the message I need to work on. I need to work on a different message. But that could be your message. And you can get away with it. I believe that you can probably get away with it because of the, the way you just broke down the different backgrounds that you come from. Well, I... And you come from a place of oppression. I mean, from, from one side because what... And you come from another place. So I think you're mixing those two places. To, I'm not speaking for you. I'm just saying I, I think I, it would come off better if you was to do it. But if Mitch was to do it, he's 100% right. I'm like... I'd get eye rolls. I'd is get... Mitch on I'd tonight? Get the the point off. that I would be That's trying what I would to make... Be saying is one that I would want to make beyond anyone's lineage. Mm. Uh, because uh. the the real value I I hold true to is is um acknowledging the sins of the past, the mistakes of people that have lived before us that live on through us. Acknowledge them. Reparations is a word that people use. Let us do the things that allow us to move beyond. Yeah. That so, allow us to yeah. heal. That's, uh, that's what, what, including the things that need to be done. You're saying there are things that need to be done. I want poems like this to be those things that are done to give the insight to the people who don't have it and, and the feelings of empathy to the people who don't feel like they're being empathized with. I would, my perfect world, I'm going to live in this perfect world. Fuck everybody else. This is my reality. It's going to be great. <laughs> Come to my reality, everyone. I know we're going to see things that are in conflict with that. Let's fix it in the moment it happens and keep going on with this beautiful reality where a white trans man could hear that poem. And be touched by it and think, yes, I have been oppressed too in different ways. I'm not black, but I've sure had the shit kicked in my teeth. I am empathizing with the struggle of the most oppressed, quote unquote, race or peoples today. 
And that is the misgendered people who, who are now on the bleeding edge. And some of them are black too. Did they identify as black first? I bet not. I bet that, that their gendered identity is their first objection day to day. Getting misgendered happens before they are held accountable for their race. Your fingers in the air. You don't think that's true? <laughs> it's totally. Uh, well, and before and Mitch, boy, I tell you, this is this is this is the episode. I am not cutting anything listen, out of this episode. So no, I have to totally disagree with that. No, based off of the women, the the, the trans, the trans men, black women, black men that I know oh. who identify as black mm-hmm. first. They, they have uh, totally. said that race hits them before directly. I have tons of meetings with them on the regular. Yes, directly because that's. Look here. Tell me. Malcolm X said in the 60s, they don't hate you because you're Christian, Muslim, Jewish, poor, or rich. They hate you because you're black. That still stands to this day. It don't matter. Richard Pryor said, what do you call a nigger with a degree? You know what the answer is? A nigger. It don't change because we got degrees. It don't mean shit to us. It don't mean shit to this country. Nothing. So if there is, I'm not saying there's no black trans person out there who don't identify that think that their oppression comes from being misgendered first. But I won't say that that's for the masses. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, because I talk to them is what I'm saying. Not my so, experience, so I'm guessing. So I'll offer that too. So, but um, man, this is deep. But you, you get into some deep waters now, and, and, and I don't. <laughs> We'll be here all night, and, and I'm hosting, but we'll be here all night because we're getting into some deep territory. And I want to wait. I know Mitch is going to be coming back out soon. I want to make sure I say this with him in the room because this is very important that you just, damn it, you a poker, for real. You Do you play poker? Because, damn, you poking the bear, for real. It's like, look here, it's like LeBron James in the championship now. You sure you want to poke the bear right now? You uh, sure? But you poke the bear, and I got I to gotta, take the poke out. I got to pull yeah. the poke out, but... I'm trying to wait for Mitch to come back out the bathroom. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sure he'll take that part out. I'm sure. Um, that part's going to be deleted, won't it? <laughs> I wasn't even listening. Shit. Uh, but it, you did say something. Now, here's the thing. You mentioned the word reparations. And right away, the first thing that jumped in my head was the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. Uh, tell me more about that. Tell me about this connection. You, 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 are you, everybody's familiar with the Loch Ness Monster? Yeah, well, yeah but how did we get from to reparations, reparations to Loch Ness? Okay. Uh, what what do they say about the Loch Ness Monster? What do they say? What's the one thing they say about the Loch Ness Monster? It doesn't exist. So you're reparations don't exist in, in, for uh, black people. We've okay, never you're, got you're it. using they, the, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a fictional word. <laughs> seen, heard, but never seen, sir. <laughs> heard, but never seen. That word has never been brought to fruition in the black We have not received a penny what we have been through and never I'm, I'm not interested been see, in, in, in debating the, that I, I'm, I'm just talking saying, I'm using the word reparations, reparations in, in in not that term and I and I really regret oh, using okay. that when word when you said I just thought that's right away I, I can to, see how it triggers yes, a lot of things yes. but but the actual use of the word right and not, apart from like I, I wanna, all of us in the entire I, I want to expound on that as well so what that does when I hear that and I'm not taking it personal because it's coming directly from you but when i hear that and another thing if mitch was to say what you just said to me that would be taken all the way wrong and that <laughs> because that demeans what we've been through when we try to make it all inclusive like well i've been oppressed too and well yeah we know that we know that every but everybody has to deal with it on their levels we can't 
bring the we can't come to the oppression table and everybody that's that won't happen in America. It's just it, it can't happen. It can't happen because somebody's gonna say they've been done more and worse and and that's and it's just gonna be a bigger argument. Actually, I think you're negates, the one right now who's negates. saying that you've been done worse or that black women. I, I think I'm gonna call you out right now because and, you're the one that and, says And I want that, you to. And what my point is that it does if we can get past who got done the worst. But we can't. <laughs> okay, so you're saying we can't. We can't and so, so we won't be able to get past it. Right. And I'm saying that if we could, then we could get past it. We could heal. But, but that what word, you're saying that, that we word can. is how we're going to get past it. I don't care about the word. That's how we're going to get past it. Okay, we then have let, to be, let's do that. Let's do the reparations. Let's do it on a one-to-one. Whatever the word is, I want to do the things no, 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 that no, no. could make That's it better. That's what I'm saying. That's the part that demeans it. We have to have true reparations for the harm that's been caused to a whole race of people. And do you think that true reparations is exclusionary or inclusionary? What do you mean? Are we going to... to, The reparation has to be given to people of African descent who built this nation on free fucking labor. So we are going to... (laughs) We are going to include those people in the benefits of being an American citizen. Like because they because 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 those folks in the past, the reparations will include them in the things that they've been denied since then. Yes. Yes. Okay. And what has happened to the people who have been murdered and the descendants of that? There are some small pockets of communities that are doing that now. Uh, I think there's a small pocket of in, in Illinois, some part of Illinois where, uh, and this the, the language is weird. If you can prove that your ancestors came from this community. Like people who have like generationally been, then your your home loan is automatically forgiven. You you get to buy property without any. That's part of it. Uh, there's another area where they're giving free college tuition to mm-hmm. descendants of mm-hmm. slaves, and so it's it's happening in small pockets. It's not happening around, which shows that it's it can work. It's possible if we do it, but we're not doing it on a large scale. And then even on the small pockets, the government is fighting some of those. So it's some sanctions behind it. Oh, well, you can't really do that because, you know, again, that kind of shit. But it has to happen. And then we can sit down at the table and have that kumbaya, let's all hold hands together conversation. But we can't knowing that we're still being treated the way our ancestors are being treated. So we can't. So that inclusionary conversation for us is like it's a mute point. Because we got to get ourselves together first before we can try to work with other people. We got we ain't together. I'm just glad y'all's plan has completely failed to get it me has. somewhat it tracked. It has because Philip is poking like the bear. He's poking the bear. He's poking the bear. And we we had a plan, man. When we got here, we had a plan. <laughs> we had a plan. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what happened to the plan. Can we get back to the plan? You know, matter uh, of fact, I want to hear you read a poem now because right now I, I see your hair standing up, and I know that this is a good time to get some passion out of you because Let's your hair is standing it. up. So read us something, I think this would be a good read time to get a poem out of you. Ah. Seems like the right energy to get a poem out of you right now because... Uh, <laughs> what will he pick? That's the question. What yes. will he pick? Yes, that is the question. Because I already know what I'm going to pick. I said, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pick some haikus, but I know which haikus I'm going to do now. So that's for damn sure. <laughs> Thank you for poking the bear. <laughs> I, I, this has been... I am so... This has been such a strange episode of The Poets, but I love it. I fucking love it. People are going to people are going to turn this on. It. They're going to turn this on and be expecting the music to come in and then poetry and then it's just going to steamroll them and <laughs> have no clue what's and you're not going deleting, on. You said you're not editing anything. Oh, no. You letting no. all this run. I mean, unless there's 
anything where we were like quiet for a few minutes, you know, but I don't think that, I don't think that, you know, I am. Um, Be the vine tender. Spring fresh with this root. We plow open our soils so that we may creep closer. Be the vine brittle. Tenuous. Summer in canopy. We picnic our harvests so that we may remain ready. Be the vine barked. Wintered in larder stocked. We seed friendships for tomorrow so that we may plant again. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. We see friendships, friendships for, tomorrow. for tomorrow. So that we can plant, plant again. That, we, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> that was like, uh, that was a card, like an inspiration card, like a Hallmark inspiration mm. card. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. That uh, needs to be written in calligraphy on some cardboard and sold in Walgreens across the country. That was beautiful. It's no, funny that you was say beautiful. that because this was one of the rare times where I was commissioned for a poem. By whom? Uh, someone asked me to write a poem that would then be put in a um, party favor for guests as they were leaving. Uh, I see that. And, uh, that's what it damn, sounds that's like. That's exactly what you, it sounds you picked like up that, on. And, it and like I didn't even know that, but it sounds like, man, that was beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. Wow. <laughs> it's impressive. It's, uh, oh, stop. Go and and stop. I don't mean impressive. Like, <laughs> I didn't expect you to be right because that's what you do. But I'm saying that was really a beautiful piece. That was a beautiful piece. And that's who you are, though. That's why I know <sighs> as Philip. So Thank that's you, why Q. the stuff, the conversation we're having, I don't even take the it incredibly argumentative bullshit that comes out of my mouth is peppered and seasoned with these wonderful poems that make it okay for me to ask you questions that would otherwise be I mean, the entirely hope, the inappropriate. Hope is, <laughs> the, the hope is through. Through the conversation, some meaning is made. Mm, absolutely. It may, maybe not even by us. You Maybe somebody listening to this hears something that spurs an idea that leads them to start a movement, that leads them to create a program, that leads them to start actions that produce real benefits for people. Who knows? Who fucking knows? I totally agree with that. I totally agree. That's why I'm glad you're here. We're just talking. I'm glad you're here. Um, <laughs> so doing it. I'm going to do a couple of haikus, and then I want Mitch to close us out. I'm like it. I'm um, like it. Was with a poem, but we're gonna we're both gonna ask you a, a closing question. All right, and then you're gonna close out with a poem. How about so that? poem questions poem. Um, have it, or do you want it to be? But I just know we both gonna ask you a closing question, gotcha. and you also oh, gonna end with got a poem. You, got you. You okay. can end with your poem if you want to. I'm ready. Saying, but we're gonna ask you. But I'm gonna do a couple of haikus first, and that's just all haikus in my head. Totally opposite what Philip just did. <laughs> as a fair warning, <laughs> spit probably won't be as beautiful. Oh, but on. just a few haikus if I can. And haikus are short, so I'm probably yeah. going to run off a couple of them until you tell me to stop. I'm not going to tell you to stop. Okay. Black History Month, celebrate the lives of those who gave us so much. The slave and the master are different in nature. One good, one evil. Muhammad Ali is the greatest of all time. Fuck the white man's war. Now I do my six hakus titled For the Lovers of the Blonde-Haired, Blue-Eyed Jesus. That only means with the title that you cannot be offended because Jesus didn't have blonde hair or blue eyes. <laughs> so if you are offended, you might need to check the history of what color this guy named Jesus 
which there was no J in the alphabet when his came around. So we're talking about Yahshua ben Yosef, who was short, dark, with an underdeveloped beard. Check the history. But here we go. God said to Mary, tell Joseph you haven't been with no one but him. Joseph says to God, yo, he looks nothing like me. Spirit before sperm. Mary says to them, one of you niggas need to be responsible. That's how you know she, he was black, because she said niggas. <laughs> Jesus says to them, I know what we can do now. Call Jerry Springer. Oh, that's, that one hurts me. He's Jewish. He's the perfect match. <laughs> that one fucking hurts me. Jerry Springer says, when it comes to baby J, it's neither of yours. Mary says, God damn. I told him to use sheepskin. It feels like the real thing. Thank you very much. God <laughs> <laughs> damn. She's used to she's used to shepherds. <laughs> Where sheepskin comes from. <laughs> yeah, who do you think figured it out first? Who who do you think first was like, oh, sheepskin feels like the real thing? Oh, man, yeah. So speaking of passion, and I know that conversation was a passionate conversation, but it was passionate. It wasn't bad. We wasn't arguing. We had a passion, which Uh I think is what poets should do. Mm. But I'm also thinking that it's also what uh, thepoets.co has allowed us to do in this space. And and I think probably for the first time where you've had three of us. Very much. So this this was a great idea for it to happen this way, because I think the listening audience will get an opportunity to know what dialogue really sounds like. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. And if you've been on the you show can, can you or... kind of serve as a mediator at a certain point in time, you know, adding, I'm saying it, it, I mean, at, at certain points of time when we was in a conversation, you sure. kind of came with a different perspective, sure. and, and which is what mediators are good at. Sure. So, so I think that it was good all the way around that some of our plan got derailed. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I also think that we did get a chance to, which I think is what we were looking for, to delve into the life of Mitch. I think we wanted our audience to hear the, about Mitch, a little bit more about Mitch. and The man behind the mic. Yes, you heard some of it. Exactly. You heard some of it. And I think that's what we, we were really looking for. You know what I mean? And I think we also have opened up different poetic styles, you know, from what you was reading to what Philip read and Haiku. You know, we opened up different avenues of how to write. Yeah. Even how yeah. the audience member, because Philip served as audience member when I read the poem about yeah. black women. Mm-hmm. He was like, the audience was like, wait a minute. Like, oh, wait. Where am I? That's, yes, exactly, which I think is valid. It's very, very valid. Mm. For me as an artist, because of what we feel that once you put it out there, I can't really worry about what the audience thinks. Yeah. No, nothing is more annoying than hearing a podcaster talk about podcasts, but <laughs> <laughs> but this is a powerful format. Two poets sit down, share poetry, or three poets sit down, mm-hmm. they share poetry, yes, and three. they discuss it. <laughs> They discuss it. Yes. Yes. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to call somebody out here. I asked Johnny a few weeks ago, Johnny, do you call yourself a poet? And he said, no, didn't he? he could not say yes. And he is a fucking poet if ever there was a poet. That's what I'm thinking. If if Johnny can't say yes, I'm a poet. But see, I think with, with, with Johnny specifically, there's, there's a, a real shtick there. 
uh, to not be uh, the poet. It's part of it. Because he's so much a fucking poet. It's part of it. I mean, he's yeah. so thoroughly. That's the, that's the, and to go back to what you said earlier, yes, I consider myself having a poetic career. Yeah. A hundred percent. Purposely. Mm-hmm. I set out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know when that, I think it happened in probably late 90s. Yeah. When I made the decision. But I didn't act on it directly until 2003. Mm-hmm. I quit my job. Mm-hmm. And I happens. went on the road for four years. I'm about to do that from shit. 2003 to 2007. I'm, I didn't I'm, work. I'm I only got paid through the art of poetry. I slept in my cars a lot. I went on the road sometimes. I didn't get paid like I was supposed to when I got to where I was supposed to go sometimes. So I didn't have the gas money to get me back to the next city. But it, it worked. But it was an experience that mm-hmm. I needed to. Because I made the decision that these words need to be heard around the country. Mm-hmm. And I needed to get out there and let them see who was saying these words. Not just with a CD or a book, but I need to be on on that stage. And, and there's so many cities that I can name. I got a couple of uh, short um, jump drives of DVDs that I'm going to put mm-hmm. together to let people see what that life was like for me on the mm-hmm. road. I, because I, I, I call it a poetically, I call it a poetic career. I mean, three books, five CDs. You know, I, I think it's a, it's a career because it was intentional. I, I, I intentionally lived the life that I wanted to live as an artist. <laughs> yes, so I can say that I opened up poetry as a career for me. I wanted it to be, I wanted it to pay my bills. I'm so envious right now. Yeah. That sounds terrifying to me. I'm just gonna put that out there. That <laughs> I, sounds I, I, awful. I think that's the way to go. <laughs> it was the best it time sound, of my life. It sounds. That's that's exactly but let the me vibe I out. get. So from 03 to 07, in the middle of that, though, would you call that, I guess that would be 05? Uh-huh. That's when Zaria was born. Uh, so I did it for two more years afterwards, but I had her in like, in, in, you know, in, in the car seat. We're going from city to city. And I remember one day looking back in the back seat, and I was like... I got to park this shit. It might be time to come off the road. <clears throat> yeah. This is my life, but yeah. right now... That's her life. I'm a father, and I yeah. got my daughter on the road. And it was fun when she was younger and younger, but as I'm seeing her getting older and asking questions now, what are we yeah. going next, Daddy? And I'm like, that's a double-sided question. Yeah. <laughs> it could be, are we going home next, Daddy, or are we finna go to another city, Daddy? Yeah. And I was like, I think it's time to go back to work. Stability. Wow. So that's what happened. That's what did it. So fatherhood kicked in and I realized it. But had she not been born, I'm not, and I'm glad she's born. She's saved my life. But had it just been me, I probably would have still be on the road. I would probably yeah. still be on. I love the road. I really love the road. Wow. I'm just so far away from traveling now that I can't, you know, but when I was in the, in Memphis and Pensacola, like I was able to get to so many cities, but here, I, you know, it's different because it's the first time I've been out this far. Yeah. So I don't have the connections that I had back then, but uh, I enjoyed it. It was the best time of my life. Man. I can honestly say it was the best time of my life. That's but, amazing. That's but, in your, but that's culmination in was my daughter being born in 05 and then my mom dying in 06. So those two things happening back to back kind of made me look at it and realize that, okay, maybe it's time to do something else and watch this little girl grow from a different vantage point than in the backseat of a car. <laughs> yeah. 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 Eating, eating vegetable uh, sandwiches from Subway. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty much all we had on the road was vegetable sandwiches from Subway. So, God damn. So, but I met some of the most amazing people on the road. So I would say I that. Bet. So. You got, poem, out, you got a poem for us, Mitch? Close it out. For us to listen to and then ask you a whole bunch of questions out. about? Before Nathan calls the police thinking that something bad happened to him. <laughs> he lives close to here. He's only a few blocks He does. Away. This is true. This is true. <laughs> um, and thank you again for this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Thank you uh, both and thank for you, being Phillip, here. Thank you, Philip, for 
I think it was kind of your idea. I believe. I think you uh, presented that. You know, idea I to just me, so. you know it was. I didn't create the idea. I just no, it was you. It, it was one hundred percent. I know it was. It was floating around out when here. Philip, um, no, and I just if it you're up. listening to this, it's bullshit. When Philip came to record his episode, he asked me, "Have you ever thought about having two poets at the same time?" And I had not before then. But after that, I was like. You know, I haven't thought about that, but that's a really good fucking idea. And he presented me with the idea. And then to I told Q, it. I was like, yo, Q, or Philip said, we should do two poets. And yeah, and, and I'm humbled that he asked me. He could ask anybody he wanted, but the fact that he asked me, I'm very humbled. But it August was definitely choice. his idea. So yes, it was ah, Philip's 100%. idea. But at the same time, it goes back to you being willing to let two poets who've already been on your show come back again. All I right. want this to happen again. If this you're listening you, to this so. and you've been on the show, Fucking let's do this, you know? <laughs> the circle joke has now finished. Please read us a poem. Okay. This is also new. I wrote this. I new finished shit. it today as well. I had started it previously, but finished it today. It smells like shit. <laughs> new shit. <laughs> I guess I'll preamble this a little bit. <laughs> I'm teasing okay. a little bit. Oh, oh. Shaking my hands. You, you got so, more than four minutes, so you can definitely preamble. Hell sure. yes. <laughs> we... Healing through poetry. Can you tell me a joke first? I don't know any jokes. Fair. Go. That's your department. <laughs> that is your department. Healing through poetry was sort of our broad theme. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had, like I said at the beginning of the poem, I described a previous poem I'd written that was sort of about leaving Mormonism mm -hmm. as a child slash teenager. Uh, and this one is sort of more broadly about leaving religious influences behind, mm. I think. Good luck. Here we go. Even if I can't find my way out, breaths come easy. Fist shaking at a jealous God whose street walkers wear stone-faced smiles on approach to landing with no runway. White-walled towers in the distance speak of holy things dead and dying, and breaths come easy as I listen to the river whisper of its long journey. My salvation is none of your concern. I will walk in search of it, hoping none will follow. I will go, shedding skin and hair and flesh and bone until I am only breath, exalted and forgotten. <clears throat> Definitely the most visual poem I think that I've heard you read. And Cheers. I've, I've, you know me, I locked into all of your poems. But Cheers, yeah. That is, I saw so much the white wall tires and, but the, the, the land with no runway, I'm thinking, what do you land when there's no runway? You know, it was just so visual. It's like yeah. a video. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was a video to yeah. me. <laughs> Cheers. Like, Cheers. Wow. That was, uh, and I know Phillip's pondering uh, some thoughts <laughs> over here, but, um, yeah, yeah. Mitch, I, I liked that poem uh more at the start. Yeah. Um I'm I'm I feel like there's a lot of judgment at the end of the poem. Do you? And uh that perspective that I applauded you for earlier. Um, I wonder if it might also be your Achilles heel. Say more. Well, um, there's this fake eye in your poems. Yeah. There's, there's this presented me 
that I think's a facade and is hiding some pain you're not really talking about. Where is the facade? You're the you prostitute. This one. You are the one okay, who's so hoping God let's, will put a, a, a runway out of nowhere for you. Let's be clear here. <laughs> You're not the prostitute? Let's be clear. <laughs> Prostitutes did not come into my mind once when I wrote this poem. But Streetwalker? I was talking about missionaries. I was talking wow. about... That's what I got. I, don't I was know talking about people who are That's bringing the word you of God with stone-faced no, no. smiles, I got, I got, but they're approaching a, 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 a landing with no runway. This is approaching. It sounded religious to me. That's what I'm saying. This I, is I exactly what I'm talking yeah, about, though. This religious. is what I love. I love when people... The Goblin Market. You've heard of the, the Goblin Market, the poem? <laughs> the Goblin Market or something Means like that? Essentially, different things to different people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's a poem that was written sometime in the 1800s by I don't remember who. But it describes girls going to the goblin market and giving up something or whatever. And like, there's two interpretations you can take from it. One is sex. Mm -hmm. One is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when you read it, it's like, whichever one you you sort of find is the one that you're, I don't know. what It says something about it. And are, but, are we making the same connection right now? That, I don't know. That the desperation that prostitutes... And Mormons on the street field is the same stone-faced, no-landing-strip desperation. I think it may be. Maybe. I don't Maybe. know who's going to be on the other side of this door. I don't know what they're going to say. I don't know if they're going to pay me. I think that was fascinating, though. That is fascinating. That, that, I never came up with prostitutes. I just never... It, was, it, was, it makes sense now when you say it, though. Right. When you said it, I'm like, streetwalkers. Streetwalkers, but I'm yeah, thinking, it does make sense. I'm thinking... I grew up in the hood. I'm thinking those damn Jehovah Witnesses that used to pop up <laughs> every time I'm washing my car on a Saturday morning. I'm like, God damn it, here they come. And I got to go to the backyard to hide from them <laughs> because I don't want to talk to them today. Oh. And then when I became Muslim, I couldn't wait to see them. Like, come on in, let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk. Yeah. But, so that's what I was thinking, streetwalkers, because I'm Once thinking Once you become these. of age, you couldn't wait to talk to those prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> But, but I love this. I like, love like, this. I love this. This what, is what is, what is a prostitute peddling, right? What is the Mormon peddling? Well, like, their what, idea what, of what, what, salvation. What's, what's the end result difference? Right. Like we're we're looking for feel good feelings here. We're looking for I think salvation. Deep. I just think that was the the, the connection is deep. It is deep. I, 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 it's deep. It's deep. But but I just like the way Mitch came. Let's be clear. <laughs> This Prostitutes never came to mind. <laughs> and Philip is a... But I'm glad he said, because I was thinking, I was like, I didn't, I didn't get prostitutes. But I'm this from the street, I, said but I didn't get prostitutes This, this is what I said earlier. I love interpretation. I poem, yes. and I, an interpretation comes back to me that I had not thought of. I had, because it's pretty... Now that I read it back, I'm like, that's pretty obvious. Yeah. Stone-faced streetwalkers? It makes yeah. sense. It makes so obvious. much fucking yeah. sense. But to me, I'm thinking because of your abandonment from the church and the way you had mentioned that before. Right. Context right, right I went here. into it right, right. there. That's right. what I went yeah. into. You knew but, which is context. Yeah. But normally, I'm a bro brother from the street. I would have thought the same thing normally, but I'm like, damn, now I'm mad that Philip came with that first. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I was thinking like Jehovah Witnesses or people who just walk the street bothering people by religion. <laughs> that's where my mind went big. Because yeah. I probably knew the context. That but it was, wait, what were you saying? You were saying, in, in let's imagine that was the context. You were saying there was uh, judgment. Is that the word you used? Well, okay, yeah. At the, at, the, at the end of the poem, I felt that there, there was the judgment. There was a lot of judgment going on, and not only of the people you're talking about, but really that you were that stone-faced streetwalker. 
Because you said you're the prostitute, right? Well, you, that's, you, yeah. You you're the prostitute. <laughs> I'm trying to go to the yeah. terms of the poem, yeah, but yeah, no, you that do. prostitute, bro. And, and what yeah. is yeah. It was a deep, yeah. very heavy it's piece. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Very heavy piece. Because, though. okay, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. It all makes sense after hearing them say it. It makes so much <laughs> sense after hearing it. it because does. the the poem kind of ends with, well, okay, I, tell me if this is what you mean. The poem kind of ends with wanting to be forgotten, and yet the poem is there. And so if you want to be forgotten... Why are you writing the poem in the first place? Is that what you're talking about? That, well, that that definitely is a little bit of a paradox you got going on in yeah. your poem. Um, but that's probably what I think every poet slash artist really wants yeah. is is to have communicated that message beyond. I mean, okay, the truest heart of the poet wants to have that message communicated, regardless of whether or not they get credit for that source. Yeah, right. The message is the point. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so now for our two closing questions, please. Let's go. How far do you want this to go? The the poets? Yeah, like honestly, like what's the limit? Like how far do you want to see this? Like do you want it to just be a poet that you meet and you say come on down and let's talk or I always do you want to see it taken to be part of it? I always want there to be some part of it where if you come to the Merc and you share your poetry and you have, you know, a set, like if you have more, I'll record you. I also am totally open to people from other communities, people from other states, people from other countries sharing their poetry as well. I would love this to become somewhat of a like a, a platform for people from all over, but I never, I never want to get away from the where you originally started the Mercury Cafe. That's where this started. That's but you where, are open to it going global, oh, international. I mean, I'd be lying if I said oh, otherwise. Gotcha. Okay. This, this will be, I believe, episode forty-one. Literally, so I mean, you two have been on before. So I guess what forty poets that have been on so far mm-hmm. have all come from the Mercury Cafe. Now, 100% of them have come, been on the show because I saw them or knew them through the Mercury mm-hmm. Cafe. That's one. I'm never going to get away from that. That's cool. Ever. And I okay. don't want to. Okay. So you don't want to. I got you. But if the opportunity was to present itself, you would if be somebody, If somebody from fucking Michigan has a poem they want to read and share with people, I'll you just got to get to Mitch's living room. a video call. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> email me. Email me. Shit. Or if the opportunity came up for you to put this on Spotify, would you be open to that? Well, it's on Spotify. Oh, it is on Spotify. So you can find it on Spotify. Yeah, it's on Spotify because Spotify for podcasters is like free. I'm not making, so far I've made not Nothing. a single, I not a single cent from this. And that's not the point. You know, the point is I have a good job that I do apart from this that pays the bills. So this is what I can do to give back to the community that I love. To me, that's what keeps it pure, though, the fact that you're not looking to get paid from it or, you know, you... you Who's going to pay me for poetry? That's the question. <laughs> You'll be surprised. But the fact that you said that you're not really, you know, that, that you are comfortable in the fact that you have a job and that's what keeps it. I think that's what keeps the authenticity in it, though, because it's very authentic when I listen to it and it sounds very authentic. This is literally... put on and... When somebody's sitting here across the table from me, this is literally what I enjoy doing. Yes. I enjoy talking to I mean. somebody about their poetry. Like it sounds like that. That's what I mean. Oh, and, the, and the people who are doing it sound like they enjoy talking to you about it. 
It's almost like it's, that's what I felt. I felt gratitude that, wow, I get a chance to go outside of just do, being able to do a poem. I get mm. to talk about the process of that poem mm. and where that poem came from. So the fact that somebody's offering that opportunity is a beautiful thing. It really is. It's a beautiful thing. So, Cheers. I mean, so. thank you. Thank you for doing this twice. I mean, I got you once uh, and now you've done it twice. So uh, thank you. Um, Mitch, you have to keep me from doing it three or four times. Uh, you have to stop me and say, Q, come on now. It's a bit much. <laughs> you have to stop me. I'm serious because I, I can do this all the time. But now Philip has to. Yes. You, thank you, you too. For doing this twice. Mitch. Yes. How do you feel about the Mercury Cafe closing? Is it going to? It might. And if this is your test bed, I have a duty to ask you and everyone else who's listening, what are you going to do? The Mercury Cafe is an iconic location for poetry in the city of Denver. Nobody can deny that. I have no claim to speak about it because I came to it like three to four years ago, you know, and it's been going for decades, decades. So I have no claim whatsoever to speak about it. However, I will say if that location were to no longer be available to the poets of Denver, Denver poetry is not going to stop. Uh, and probably because of things like this. Thank you. Mitch. Exactly. We'll find we'll find another place to peddle our wares. <laughs> I think that's a good that's a good closing question. That was a powerful question, and the fact Poetry that you bottle. answered it that it won't stop. I think that's a beautiful thing because it can't stop. You know, poetry is bigger than any venue, any place. Yeah. COVID didn't kill but, poet kill the poetry at yeah. the Mercury Cafe. Right. And yeah. I can just confirm I'm going to do everything I can to prevent it. I'm sure. I know it. But I feel like it's. Naive. I somebody who is uh, close to the Mercury Cafe told me nothing can be taken for granted, mm, and right. that's the message I would say mm -hmm. to anybody who's in these times. You know, thinking about it, nothing can be taken for granted. That being said, there there will always yeah. be a poetry community. There will Denver, be. But 100%. all those people who are listening are like, man, I got to get down to the Merc, get on stage. Well, Do get it. there early. Get there before nine, because that line right. that line gets long it's really no quickly. It's no joke. <laughs> Which is a beautiful thing to see. That yeah. so many people yeah. want to be heard every yeah. week. So many consistently. Mm -hmm. Not mm -hmm. like some places where it's maybe twenty this week and seven the next week. Yeah. It's consistently full. full. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. And no matter what, if it does close, if it does, that history. That legacy will always oh, be yeah. there. Uh, we're going to pick it, it up. It will always be there. And we're going to pick it up uh, and move it someplace else. <laughs> and this is coming from two hosts of the Friday night open mic at the Mercury Cafe, Philip Tran, Q. Thank you for being here. It's, uh, it's, it's Q's. Excuse me. I will be Cuses. announcing myself as Cuses on the mic tonight. <laughs> I am unveiling Cuses tonight. Well, um, hell yeah. I'm glad Cuses can make his debut here. <laughs> <laughs> what better place to make it at? Than a poets.co. What better place? Tell people where they can find your stuff. Oh, well, I, I am also a podcaster. Hell yes. Uh, but I just take my sets and put them online. Okay. So you can catch me at my, From My Open Mic. That's the name of the podcast. Uh, otherwise, catch me at the Mercury Cafe for collage art on the spot. Q, tell us about you. Well, Qsis is hosting... The Corner Beat, every Monday. Sign up is at 6. We start promptly at 6.30. I have two CDs on my Bandcamp website. 
stillblacksea.bandcamp.com. That's S-T-I-L-L-B-L-A-C-K-S-E-E dot bandcamp.com. Thank you both so much for being here. Mm, thank I you, really hope people find inspiration from this. Hey, and Mitch, I know they will. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you. Bye, uh, and whether you know it or not, you're changing. You're changing lives, Mitch. You really are. Cheers mm-hmm. to that. Cheers to you both. Cheers to you if you're listening to this. Thanks, Goodbye, everybody. everybody. Good night. Oh.